on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecock, the show. By the Barnabinium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Touchdown, Ace Sanders! Pressure! Penny just dives in! All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live always from the Sinorama Columbia Studios. Sinorama in West Columbia is the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Matt Vaughn owned and operated, Gamecock owned and operated, Sinorama.com. We, of course, are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and built by the Barndo Co., the Barn Dominium Co. in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, and in Tennessee. Or you can build that dream home for under 200 bucks a month or 200 bucks a square foot, as low as $160, as a matter of fact. And uh, Chicken Cock keeps us all sane when things aren't going well. But they are, thanks to Gamecock basketball, Carolina men and women are rocking 26 and 1 combined between the two programs. And the men coming off a huge victory over a very, very good Mississippi State team. They'll have their hands full tomorrow night in T Town. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit with John Whittle. The ladies took care of business as they generally do yesterday. Even when they don't play well, they find a way to win by over 20 points. It's amazing how good they are. JC, JB, and Phil here until 2 o'clock. John Whittle is our guest today. Tonight is the national championship, Michigan and Washington. We'll talk plenty about that ball game as well. College football will be concluded for the 23-24 season. And then tomorrow, Brad Crawford will be here, and so will Mike Morgan. And uh, those are two great ones, as you well know. We're and Mike is our partner, and uh, Brad, a very close friend of the program, will be able to put a put a bow on what we saw this year across the country 
in college football and begin to look ahead. And can you believe it? Spring practice only a couple of months away. And the Gamecocks will look a lot different when they do take the field. Uh, this weekend was a big weekend in the portal for Carolina football. JC will fill you in on all of that. A lot of welcome homes, a lot of new faces, and a lot of very talented ones, hopefully, to help the Gamecocks get going and back into bowl season next year and the fourth year under Shane Beamer. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Uh, glad to be here. JC, you look good and healthy, and that's certainly good. And, yeah. uh, Phil, you still look handsome and bald, my man. So glad to have you and glad to have everybody in the Nana Sports chat box as well here on a uh, dreary Monday. And the weather this week in South Carolina is going to be pretty brutal uh, beginning uh, tomorrow, I think, even or late tonight, all day tomorrow, and then coming up again like, on Friday. Define brutal. Well, I have for, to fly in on Wednesday. Speaking, yeah, no. you should be okay. Yeah. yeah Tomorrow, I, we're looking down here at least at four and a half inches of rain and 30 to 40 mile an hour winds. So, not fun. Well, that's tomorrow. Wednesday. I fly out of Wednesday. Wednesday. I took advantage yeah, of my trip. I'm not going to miss a show this week, guys. I, I get, uh, I, I arranged it around the show. So, I'll, uh, I'll do, I'll be off Wednesdays as normal. And then we'll have my Thursday show from A Studio South. Not the studio south, but A. Uh, and then Friday, I fly back about 5 o'clock, so it worked out perfectly. That uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going kind of off my – I'm a big Southwest Airlines guy, right? But I'm, I decided, look, you know, they don't fly into Columbia. Let's build some United points, right? Because they got direct from – three directs from O'Hare to Columbia Metro every single day. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to be a United guy now. So uh, <laughs> I'm the flying the freaking friendly skies. Right? Well, you know, I, I was reminded when I flew down for your wedding last week, uh, I was reminded just how much I enjoy flying Delta. I love Delta. Morgan's the same down. way because it's love Atlanta it. and stuff. I mean, and I, we, we took American down to Palm Beach and back. Really no issue at all. But before that, the last time we had taken American was going in for the Kentucky game in 2021. We delayed four hours going. <laughs> didn't get down there till late. Had to get my brother Cam to come pick us up from the Charlotte airport because we missed our Uber into Columbia. <laughs> and uh, it was just a mess. But um, I, uh, you know, anyway. But the quick trip down, I have a meeting for NIL purposes, and I've got a doctor's appointment. So i got to go see my doctor down there, Dr. Nunnery. Shout out, Mike. It's my boy, big Gamecock fan. Uh, and so I'll be in and out. But uh, certainly uh, – don't want the weather to delay me at all, especially with a doctor's appointment. But that appointment's on Thursday afternoon, so I should be there at least by then. So, mm-hmm. we'll now you good. should be fine. Yeah, yeah, you should be fine uh, for for all of that. Well, how about the Gamecocks, guys? I mean, we'll get to the portal stuff in a little bit. Carolina football doesn't play till August. Carolina basketball is playing now. What a game on Saturday! Uh, it it was a slow start. And figured it probably would be trying to get them figured out. I'm talking about the Bulldogs defensively. They're they're elite. Uh, they're they're a top five defense nationally. You can mm. see that easily. You know what? That Gamecock defense is pretty good too. And uh, and you got a bunch of dudes with a bunch of nuts on that Gamecock basketball uh, team. I mean they they fight and they scratch and they claw and they've got good players too. Um, I tweeted out Saturday in the 68 to 62 win. That Michi Johnson is quickly becoming a, a an all timer in this uniform, and I know that there's some jackass who decided to uh, slow down now. Look, clean your mom's basement, get your supper, and go to bed, little boy, because this dude can play. 
flat out can play. There's a reason why he went to Ohio State when they were really good. And what was I basing that off of? Go back to last year. They weren't very good. If you know a lick of basketball, you don't have to be a basketball genius. You just got to have a brain and a couple of eyes. It's pretty simple. If you know a lick of basketball, you can see not only how much he has grown as a player, but how much he has matured as a player. And those two things can be different. You can become a better player, but not a mature player. And there were a couple of things he did in the game, uh, you know, from time to time, kind of instead of firing up a shot like he would have done last year, taking it out, letting the clock run around, looking for the extra pass. And then most importantly, Phil, most importantly, J.C., at the end of the ball game, he wants the ball. He wants the ball. And when he gets it, he does something with it. And, you know, they, they were they almost they almost boogered the whole thing up, right, towards the end of the game. Well, who stripped it away? Michi Johnson. You know, I mean, he's a player. He's a player. And Carolina is not lucky enough to have a guy like him. They, they need to have one more often. He's averaging over 18 points per game. Derek said it on the broadcast on Saturday. He's absolutely right. We all respect the opinion of Derek Scott. Uh, and, and Derek doesn't get ahead of himself when he makes big, bold opinions like this. He said, I'll say it. Michi Johnson's a guy that you need to continue to watch out for for SEC Player of the Year. It's early. They've played one game in the league. They have 17 more to go. He could end up being the worst player on the team. I don't think that's going to happen, but he could be. But as it stands right now, which is what we can only base our opinion off of, if you want to have one, I agree with Derek. Kid can play, and he's got nuts, and and they needed something like that. And when we talked to Derek on Friday, what, what do we ask him? Who's the leader of the team? He didn't even hesitate. Oh, God, it's Meiji Johnson. No, Well, where was he at the end of the ballgame? Right in the thick of it. And he won the game for him. So hats off to Meiji Johnson. Hats off to Gamecock basketball. They're good. And and, and this isn't turning the, the calendar into January and trying to play your way into position as they tried to do a couple of years post-Final Four, right, or even before the Final Four, or even during that Final Four season, playing their way into position. They're in position. At this point in time, they'll have to play their way out of position. Uh, Lamont Paris has done a marvelous job in year two, 13-1, and one, boys and girls. It's been incredible. The good thing about this team, too, is as much of a star as Michi Johnson is, and he is a star. I mean, look, the kid was a top 100 recruit right. out of Cleveland, Ohio. LeBron James knows him. Yeah. <laughs> right, well. and has given him a stamp of approval. He's from that uh, Garfield Heights, Cleveland, northern Ohio. Remember uh, LeBron James, Northeast Ohio. Uh, anyway, he, he is uh, – and, and you're right. And, and, look, credit Lamont Paris, too, for going out and getting Talon Cooper and no guys doubt. that can also play point. Yeah. Um, because these guys – the pressure's not on him to bring it up the court, to to be the creator and all that good stuff. I mean, he's, he's, he's in his role, the right role, I think. I mean, a lot of times we, we talk – basketball during the offseason be like well you know and especially under frank martin frank didn't really have a true point guard a lot of times you know a lot of times it was like shoot the final four teams have most of the, time of the times it was the cinderius thornwell was the point you know yeah. uh pj dozier and uh and then they'd bring in felder off the bench um and you'd hear that and then guys would have to play point out of necessity or whatever well well now that's not the case anymore and and, and look the good thing about this team beyond Michi is somebody you can afford for one of your best players to not have a good night. That was not the case last year at all. Michi or Gigi struggled. That was Katie. That was it. You were dead. 
Um, but you know, like BJ Mack really struggled in the game Saturday. You know, he just that just was not his game against their size down low and physicality. He'll get better against those types of teams. I just don't think he's used to it. You don't see that in the Southern Conference, right? No. Um, and they were not going to let him beat them, you know, uh, especially outside. They had a hand and they contested everything he did. So he's one for nine or whatever. But he just didn't have a good day. But guess what? Miles Studi, who has struggled at times this year, 15 points. Killer dagger three-pointers. There's a guy that has experience in this league. The moment the, And the moment wasn't too big for anybody on the team. That, that was – the beautiful part about it. I mean, you know, JB, you and I were texting, sitting there watching it, and we're like, man, this early on, that pressure, it was just unbelievable. You know, Suffering. Carolina didn't look like they knew what to do. But they settled in. All of a sudden, they started taking the attack to Mississippi State. Uh, I felt like at the beginning of the game, and JB agreed with me because we talked a little bit, we, we should record this, really, the pregame shows. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were like, I was like, well, Carolina's got to match their defense because Carolina can play defense. You know, th- this year's team, it, it, one of the ways they've improved that we don't talk about enough is their defense. You know, they, they get after it, you know. Uh, they guard. And Mississippi State is not a good shooting team. They're not a very skilled offensive team. Although the four-point play at the end was – Beautiful play, you know. That kid can shoot it. Yeah. He th- yeah. He was, most of them can't throw it in the ocean. So yeah, yep. that, fr- that freshman can fire it up there. That Hubbard kid, he can shoot it. I thought the big the big thing, too, was when you look at the rebounding margin at the end of the game. Unbelievable. Carolina, and a lot of times rebounding is just desire wow. and will. And uh, Carolina scrapped for almost every loose ball. I mean, that, and that is a scrappy Mississippi State team. They're going to win some games this year. Well, you know, you know, you know, their style of play is Frank Martin 2.0. I mean, that's very similar. They just, they're going to hound you. They're going to hound you. Yeah. They don't have the length on the perimeter that Frank's final four team did, but that's the reason that team went to the final four. You don't get that all the time in college basketball. You don't get a six, six Dozier and a six, eight Thornwell and a dude like Dwayne notice who's going to put his jock in your throat uh, all the time. You don't get those kind of guys all the time. That's why that team went to the final four, but. This team for Mississippi State, it's the exact same style of play. They're going to be physical. They're going to beat you down. They're going to scrap for loose balls. They're going to force turnovers. Um, and Carolina overcame all that. So now we flip the page to a team that's absolutely owned the Gamecocks during the Frank Martin era. Hard to say that about Lamont Paris because the Gamecocks almost beat them when they were number one in the country last year at the CLA. So a little bit better matchup. You know, Avery Johnson and Nate Oates, like, they had a picture of Frank in their office. and like, we own this guy. I don't know why, but he just could not beat Alabama. Just could not, could not beat him. And granted, Lamont lost last year, but it was a good game. So, you know, Alabama struggled at Vandy. Uh, they won by three. It is tough on the road in the SEC. But, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to go in there and, uh, and, and maybe exercise some demons. I know I'd like it because I can go on with uh, Wimp and Barry on Thursday morning and uh, – I, mean, I think the last thing Wimp said about South Carolina was they were the last place team in the league in, in, in October. So uh, that would be nice. But, um, you know, it, it's just another game. Just got there and shoot your shot. Then you got a game at Missouri, which is certainly winnable. Um, and then come back home to Georgia, who lo- looks pretty good. You know, Saturday was interesting results, guys. Uh, LSU, not very good. Waxes A&M by 15 in College Station. Uh, Auburn, very good. Uh and Carolina's got to go to Arkansas here in a couple of weeks. I don't know what the problem is in Fayetteville right now. 
Auburn beat them by th- beat their brains in by thirty two at their place. Mm-hmm. Weird. Uh, That's hard the, to the do. Florida Kentucky game was hilarious because for some reason Florida was a three and a half point favorite. So we're sitting there with my buddies, and I'm like, I'm taking Kentucky. And he's like, No. And my friend's like, No, no, no. There's something going on there. Somebody's hurt or something. I was like, nah, I think I'm taking Kentucky. Midway through that game, they got John Calipari on a live mic going, "Hey, they're playing as good as they can possibly play." Yeah, let's see if it holds. And it didn't. And the Wildcats escaped with a win. But this is a very competitive league, um, yeah. and full of surprising results. And uh, and hey, if you're the Gamecocks, you take it. That's one of eighteen, and you just focus on the next one and and go from there. But certainly, getting that first win, man in league play is always good, you know, because you just don't want to start over and in a hole and all that, you know, especially against a good team at home. Yeah, well, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, and, you know, Phil, to kind of draw you in, I know we got to hit a break here in a couple of minutes, but um, but I think JC summed it up. You know, this league is competitive. Everybody's going to lose games. And, and, and there might be one or – there probably will be one or two teams at the top of the league that maybe end up 13-3 and three or, or – or, I'm sorry – um, and four. Yeah, uh, 14 and four or, or, you know, 15 and three, maybe, maybe, um, or 13 and five or something like that. But most, most of them, I, I think personally, you don't have a lot of 11 and seven to eight and tens. I just think you're just going to have a lot of that. And, yeah. and that doesn't, and, and quite frankly, all those teams might get into the tournament. I mean, it, it, it is a deep league right now projected and, to get the most in, in college basketball, Phil. I think CBS said not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including the Gamecocks. As that's where Lenardi's got him, too. Yeah. 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 So, and, you know, when Mike was saying that, you know, when he was talking about it last week, previewing the game, I mean, you're, you're, you're coming in here. Uh, you're lucky that the, the conference strength is as high as it is, and you just start beating each other up. So you're already set up to have some success, even if you are going to end up with a lot of 11 and sevens and, you know, things like that, you're still going to have a a really good shot of getting in without even having to play into the tournament. I did a little research too, guys, because I'm not, I'm not as good as Matt Anderson at all this because I don't like Ken Palm at all, but uh, I do like to kind of look and see like, who do, who do the Gamecock fans need to pull for? Well, you know, to make some of these Q4s, Q3s, and all that because you're 13 and one. You know, Clemson is a Q1 loss probably forever. I know. Didn't they lose North Carolina the other day? Yeah, that's they're okay. 0 and that's, 2 in conference. Yeah, that's another. They're bet one and that, two, right? That's yeah. another bet that I made. Yeah, they're one and two because they beat Pitt earlier. Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they, they, play, they, they, they play those December. mid-December games. Pitt. Yeah, I forgot um, about that one. Yeah. But you know, so so Mississippi State's just outside of a Q1 right now. They're 32nd or whatever. Yeah. Grand Canyon needs to keep winning. Virginia Tech needs to win. Uh, as much as they can. And then these are the interesting ones to get to from Q4 to Q3. Winthrop's three spots away. George Washington's five spots away. Notre Dame is 20 spots away. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if East Carolina's already a Q3 win. So if, if you could get the, if you can pull for Winthrop, George Washington, Notre Dame, and Virginia Tech just about every time out, that's going to boost Carolina's strength of schedule because it's not static. I mean, it changes as, as time goes on. Yeah. Um, and so I think if you can get some of those Q4s to threes, threes to twos, twos to ones, dare I say, uh, it's really going to help come selection Sunday if the Gamecocks, you know, continue to win their share of games. Well, this sounds very duh, but the when it comes to the net rankings and the quads, what's important in the selection process when they get to, to March, many of you 
know this, but and many of you probably know it, just aren't thinking it. I'll say it clearly. So it kind of, oh yeah, the, uh, the number of Q3 and Q4 losses matters uh, versus the number of quad one and quad two wins. So like if you, if you like, let's say you're eight and 10 versus quad one and quad two, that's not a bad record. But if you pair that with two or three losses, quad three, quad four, it is a bad record. Um, you know, and that's that's where you get some of these teams that get in with 12 and 13 losses. You're like, well, how'd they get in at 18 and 13? Well, they didn't have any quad three, quad four losses. Uh, you know what I mean? So they played like a lot of quad one, quad two type games. And they lost their share, but they also won their share. And that's where a lot of stuff kind of fits in. Gamecocks are undefeated, quad three, quad four. And, and through the rest of the year, I think at this point in time, they only have one opportunity to play a quad four game, and that's Vanderbilt. So don't get beat by Vanderbilt. Uh, and then outside of that, you know, if you just win, you know, probably eight more games in the SEC and one of them being Vanderbilt, I, I'm telling you, I, I keep saying this. I, I, you don't have to rewrite this script, guys. You don't need 11 wins. You don't need 12 wins. Like, those going 11 and 7, would, they should probably be well, – 11 and 7, you are cemented into the tournament. There's no probably about it. If you're 9 and 9 in the league, they're in. So, like, they, they're eight shy. And, and if they get eight more, they're going to get their share of quad one, quad twos, and they'll take care of business and the rest if they can do that. Um, but but you got to minimize those losses there. They will be forgiving if you lose a quad three in league play. But when you lose quad three, quad fours in the non-con, that, that bites you big time. And that was Frank's problem at Carolina. Lamont has not had that problem this year. Uh, before we go to break, though, I, I want to make, make uh, mention the scores, too, JC, because you said it, how competitive it is and some of the surprising results on Saturday. You're right. I, I saw Tennessee beating Ole Miss with defense, not 90 points, but they did. They spanked them by 26. So the Vols, in addition to playing excellent defense, they can score – you mentioned the Kentucky 87-85 win down there in the Swamp. Auburn, that was really shocking, the 32-point win, again, as you mentioned already, in Fayetteville. Mm. Gamecocks win. Arkansas. I don't kind know of strange. Yeah, they beat Duke at home earlier this year. You thought they were off to, you know, but they're talented, so don't I wouldn't write yeah. them off at all. Uh, Georgia goes on the road to Missouri. You talk about another surprise team in the league. How about the Dogs? They're 11-3. and three. And one to know in the league. Mentioned this on Friday. I thought it would be close. It was. Bama escaped a quad four loss on the road at Vanderbilt, 78 to 75, setting up the game against the Gamecocks tomorrow. And then LSU walked into College Station. LSU might be a little bit surprising this year, too. Uh, AM uh, held at just 53 points at, at home, and AM has not had a bad loss all season. Uh, so that was your Saturday roundup again tomorrow. The SEC will be back on the floor all right uh, we do need to step aside john has been waiting patiently he gets very grumpy if you make him wait too long so we won't do that have a shot of chicken cock if you desire at 11 23 a.m and hang tight we'll be back here on inside the game cox the show the state farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you contact local agent gary patterson for your personal price plan today the screen and it goes to Brewer. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown Brewer. His second of the day. Pitches it to Brewer. Turns the corner. Touchdown number three of the afternoon. 
Hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer Fence. That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service second to none. Ryan Brewer Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you. My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. John Whittle alarm clock tunes bringing us back here at 1126 a.m. That would be what wakes John up each morning at his home. Gamecocks win, John. The men and women, I can't, I actually have done zero research on this, but I'm going to say it because it sounds right. I believe the have a combined best record in the country when you take uh, the records of the men's team and the women's team that gives you 26 and 1. I don't think anybody out there's got anything near it. So we'll just run with that, and somebody can fact-check me later on. But uh, quite a start, and I just saw a little bit ago, about an hour ago, you posted a column that uh, Jeff Borzello, ESPN.com staff writer, has named Coach Lamont Paris his National Coach of the Week. Quite the honor for the second-year head man of the Gamecocks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly uh, certainly nice to see some national attention uh, for, for these guys, you know, be it through Lamont Paris or, or, or whatever else. So, uh, some of the national guys have been saying some things about South Carolina here recently. And for, for Borzello to, to, uh, single out Lamont like that is certainly a nice little early feather in the cap. And after one game of SEC play, how about that game on Saturday? Yeah. What'd you, what'd you see well, outside of a win? What did you see in the win for the game? <laughs> well, I, I saw, a, uh, when when that game started out, I was like, okay, this is what this is what I thought this game might look like if South Carolina is not very good, like missing some shots against a team that plays defense at a very aggressive rate, ball denial up in your face, out on you, um, and you know I I was afraid that that's how it would look for a lot of the game. I mean that's a that's a team that gets after it, is very physical, 
And, you know, that was something that South Carolina was was deficient with last year. And, and Lamont has said that they've been um, they haven't been great with that at times this year. So when that game started out, I thought, OK, well, this this might be how it goes. But then, you know, they started figuring some things out a little bit, uh, got a few easy buckets, um, made a couple of shots and and things started going their way. The, the whistle went their way a little bit, I thought. Uh, to get some guys in foul trouble for for Mississippi State, and that altered their what they wanted to do a little bit. But you know, South Carolina took advantage of of everything that uh, went their way, and you know, uh, you know, chipped away at that. I think it was an eight point deficit pretty early on uh, by Mississippi State, and kept kind of clawing back and clawing back, and uh, took the lead right before halftime, and and extended it early in the second half, and just kind of. Uh, apart from apart from a four point play, uh, played really well uh, down the stretch. So you know, I, I thought it was a uh, I, I thought South Carolina kind of answered the bell uh, with some early adversity and uh, you know changed the game from um, you know the the direction Mississippi, Mississippi State got off to how how they wanted to get off uh, in, in that start and South Carolina kind of flipped it on them and, and controlled the game the rest of the way. And I, I thought, uh, I, I was really taken aback by the way South Carolina rebounded so well, especially in the second half. Spot on. I agree. It shows of toughness, um, and leadership, John. I mean, we, we, Michi Johnson's just a player and, you know, I, I've, We've watched him rack up points and this, that, and the other. Last year, he had certainly had some highlight stuff, didn't he? It was pretty neat to watch some of those 40 and 1 million foot three-pointers that would somehow fall. I'm not really sure, but they weren't very good. Um, when you watch him play the game, I, I mentioned earlier, I felt like he's grown and he's matured. Those two things can be the same thing, but in this case, they're a little bit, a little bit different. He's a better player, but he's also a more mature player. That's just my opinion. What is your opinion of Michi Johnson in year two under Lamont Paris? I, I agree with you completely. Um, you know, and, and I, I don't know if Michi would have figured this out by himself over, over the summer or not. But, you know, the, the, the ability for players to go through the NBA draft process, I, I think, is really beneficial. And still be able to return to school is really beneficial. Um, you know, the things that were talked about, um, to Michi over the course of that draft process are things that he has really improved on um, from from last year to this year. So maybe he maybe he could have identified him himself himself and made some changes and whatnot. But I, I feel like that was probably a big deal for him to be able to go through all of that and learn and also compete against you know some top level some top level college players day in day out. And like on his team, with, with with him on his team too, and not just not not just on the other team. So I I think that that benefited him tremendously. But Michi's having a phenomenal year. And one one thing that I I think kind of needs to be pointed out is, you know, I, I feel like when you connect with a place, the the place where you're at, I, I feel like you ha- I feel like you're better. And I feel like Michi has really embraced South Carolina, like South Carolina has embraced him. And I, I feel like that's made him a little bit of a better player. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of that kind of personality that that uh, uh, people gravitate towards. And he's got a personality that wants people to be around him. And, you know, seeing him interact 
you know, not only with his teammates, but the crowd on Saturday. I mean, it just seemed like it fed into his, his great play down the stretch. So, you know, I, I think that there's, and there's no way to measure that. That's an intangible thing, but I, I feel like that, that those things can, can work together really well at times. And, you know, and, and I just think he's grown so much year over year and just become such a, such a, uh, a more consistent and better player and smarter player. John Whittle with the Big Spurs, 11.32 here on this Monday, National Championship Monday, January the 8th. We'll oh, that is this. tonight. That's, yeah, yeah, they play, they play that game yeah, tonight. Uh, when there's no SEC team, it seems a little quiet, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? I just tasted that. I was like, hey, you're the Natties tonight. Yeah, you forgot. Washington. Go Washington. Again. Is JC singing Dream On today? Is that why that's his tagline under Dream there? Oh, I had I it in my head. I was like, and I didn't want to. No. Um, I had that and the, the Eminem sample, the Mom Spaghetti song. Mom's mm. <laughs> sweaty. Mom's <laughs> Spaghetti, the throw of her shirt looks like Mom's Spaghetti. Yeah, they sample that. And I want, I, you know, when I, I have to move my keyboard away from my mic, you know, when I'm doing this. So I, I, I was reaching over and I was just like, dream on. So oh, that's the, that's the, that came out of my brain about 30 minutes ago. So you are or are not going to sing? Uh, tonight? <laughs> There's no karaoke tonight. No, you're on the show. Oh, no, nah, I can't get that high part, man. Like, dream okay. on. I can't do it. I can't get that. <laughs> I can't get that. But it's in my head. It's a song in my head today. It's better than like yesterday. I woke up with a song from Frozen, Let It Go. <laughs> That song's one of the prime examples. I say Aerosmith songs are the ones that sound like other band songs because that could have just as easily been a Led Zeppelin cut. Well, there are no Aerosmith fans, Phil. Like everybody (laughs) likes Aerosmith, but name one person that you know that like, what's your favorite band? Aerosmith, bro. Aerosmith. (laughs) No, there's nobody there. They don't have any. That's the the, Aerosmith is nobody's favorite band, but everybody's top four or five band, I think. Everybody likes them, but there's nobody that's like maybe somebody in Boston because they're from Boston, but I, there's better options in Boston. So I, I just don't know. I mean, it, it's weird. They built a career out of being everybody's, you know, everybody likes them, but there are no Aerosmith fans that exist. And I stole that from my friend, Joel Sawyer. So if you're listening, Joel, I, I'm sorry for copying you, on that. but I agree completely with your theory. <laughs> we die, Grace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh john what type of win was that what'd you think about mississippi state um you know they're they're an old team uh they they return a lot of starters from last year they've got a really good freshman um i mean it seems like a really good win to me i mean we'll see how it, it plays out over the course of the of 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 the year um but you know they're they're, they're a team that I thought would present South Carolina a lot of problems, regardless of whether they finish top third in the league or bottom third in the league, you know, just because of, of uh, you know, the way they play and the size that they have. Because South Carolina is not, not very big and not very athletic um, around the rim and in the paint. And, you know, those guys can, those guys can muscle you a little bit, and they're pretty, pretty technically skilled down there. Uh, I think it's probably helpful that that Tolu Smith was is still coming back off that foot injury. It was only his second game, um, and he got into foul trouble as well um, early in the early in the game, and then and then early in the second half, he picked up his fourth foul with about eleven minutes left in the game. So, you know that really altered altered him. But you know I don't want to take anything away from South Carolina. Like I thought, 
I thought, uh, you know, South Carolina did what they needed to do. But I, I think at the end of the year, it's going to be a, a, a really good home win against a team that's probably going to finish, I would say, probably mid-pack in the SEC, you know, in that six, seven, eight, maybe nine range. Like, I, I think they're a good team. Um, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll kind of see how that plays out. I know they have a, a really difficult uh, schedule early on. You know, their writer was talking about starting out the uh, starting out SEC play potentially zero and four, which wouldn't be a good look for the Bulldogs. But you know, I, I still think at the end of the day, it's a really good win for the Gamecocks because they showed that they can match up and compete and beat a team that you know they probably shouldn't match up all that great against. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, and this is going to be very similar for a lot of teams in the SEC. JC pointed out in our opening segment, and we've discussed this ad nauseum around here. This is a deep league, and it's good. And there's going to be some teams with some pretty mediocre or less than mediocre records, and they're good basketball teams. Um, to your point on Mississippi State, you feel like they need to find a way to pull an upset in the next couple. They got the balls and then the tide coming to town then they take a trip to Kentucky they got Vanderbilt after that and there's an opening but then they're on the road in the swamp they've got Auburn coming they're on the road at Ole Miss on the road at Alabama then they got Georgia who all of a sudden is pretty good I mean it just never stops and it's the same thing for South Carolina yeah yeah I'll be interested to see what happens with Bama in the league this year they obviously played a a really difficult non-conference schedule won a couple lost a couple um but you know Vandy looked terrible uh, for for all a non conference play, and they gave Alabama all they could handle up in up in Nashville. It looked like so. Be interesting to see what what Alabama does and looks like on Tuesday. Uh, I'll I'll uh, hop in the car tomorrow morning and head on over to Tuscaloosa and probably find my way to a barbecue joint at some point in in between. And um, but we'll it'll be interesting to see what the Crimson Tide look like for sure. John, you, you, you're an animal when it comes to driving. Day of the game, you'll probably watch the game, write the story, then drive back, I would imagine, knowing you. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that. <laughs> one. We'll, we'll see. I, I'll, uh, I'm certainly not opposed to uh, stopping and picking up a hotel somewhere, but I like, I like being at home and sleeping in my own bed. I'm aware of that. Yeah, I, they, you, do, you wonder they're talented, Alabama is. We know they're talented. But I I don't feel like they put it all together yet. Um, you know what's their best win? Is it is it is it Oregon? Duke. Um, oh, they beat, uh, no, Arkansas beat Duke. Uh, yeah, they, they beat some. Bama beat somebody good. They're zero and five in quarter one games, but they they, they beat they Oregon beat it, on the road. Yeah, they beat Oregon. They beat Indiana State. Um, you know, but outside of that, they beat, they beat Liberty pretty good. Liberty hundred one fifty six. Yeah, I mean. You know, they had that stretch there, to your point, John. You know, Fourth-ranked Purdue, at eighth-ranked Creighton, and then fourth-ranked Arizona. They lost all those games. Um, no shame in that, but they did. Uh, they, they got beat by Clemson by eight at home. Uh, that was part of the – ACC, Was it ACC, SEC Challenge? Yeah, ACC, SEC Challenge. They lost Ohio State by 11. They almost lost to Vanderbilt. I just don't – Feel like that's indicative of the, of the type of talent that they have, though. I, I I caution. I even hate saying this, but you just pray that they don't find a way to put all that together tomorrow night. This Gamecock team's pretty good, man. I mean they they find ways to 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 put a roadblock out there just when you feel like things might be starting to get a little bit out of hand. John, part of that is the fact they can walk they can walk down the floor, they can hit a shot, and that's not always been the case around here. 
<laughs> That's rarely been the case around here. Yeah. Uh, at least when when several guys on the team can walk down the court and hit a shot. Um, <laughs> you know, they, there's usually a guy or two, but not four or five. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly a big deal. But, you know, to to your point, and I, I, I'll um, be honest, I, I probably shouldn't admit to this. I, I haven't, like, dissected every, everything that BAM has done this year, so I don't know exactly what their roster makeup is as compared to last year. I do know that that Arkansas flips their roster a good bit. And they're off. They, I mean, they look like they gave up the other day against Auburn. Um, and yes, you know, sometimes when you have, have teams, we, we talk about portal and, and how good it can be and easy it is to flip a team and, and, and whatnot. Like that's, that's one of the downsides of the portal is when you have so many guys who come in, when you rebuild your team every year, like sometimes it comes together. Sometimes it doesn't like sometimes the, 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 some doesn't equal the parts and, and uh, you know, it, it, it just happens that way from, from time to time. And, you know, that's, that was one of my biggest concerns about South Carolina baseball last year and a little bit this year. in in some respects, um, you know, when you bring in so many new guys and get going to count on so many new guys, like you don't know how, how team is going to come together. And, you know, South Carolina this year, baseball has a bulk of its roster back, but, uh, or lineup back, but, you know, you bring in a ton of new, a ton of new pieces still too, with, especially on the pitching staff. I, I don't know. I just think it's, I just think that that's one dynamic about the portal that we don't really consider too much is, you know, sometimes things don't always click or it takes things longer to click than what you would expect. So, you know, maybe that's Alabama this year um, or may, maybe that's Arkansas this year. I, I don't know, but you know, it's uh, it, it's, I, I do think that South Carolina basketball, four of their five starters are first year guys and you know they've they've certainly clicked. It certainly has worked for for this basketball team. And you know, credit to uh, Lamont Paris and, and the coaching staff for for you know uh, uh, blending all those ingredients. Lamont making it cook, I guess, and and uh, you know the guys for for coming together as well. So you know it's been it's been a great portal season for South Carolina from that standpoint. And you know I, I really like the talent level on the team and how it's come together. Yeah, I agree. Lamont said something after the game, uh, talking to Derek. He said, "Hey, next time we play in this ballpark or this 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 arena, let's find a way to get a few more people in here." Um, I know the crowd that was there was very lively. I think twelve, a little over twelve thousand. Place seats eighteen thousand, so you know, it's a good crowd for for Gamecock basketball. But he he's he's saying it, John. He's kind of coming out, you know. Come watch us play. I mean, they, they did this again, uh, what, back in late November, early December, somewhere in there. Get, guys, come watch us play. Come watch us play. We're, we're pretty good. Come watch us play. Uh, so, you know, I, I I think he feels pretty confident about his team. I don't know if he would say say it in as bold words as I'm saying that, hey, we're really good. But he's continuing to ask the fans to show up. So I, I found that kind of interesting in that convo he had with Derek. Yeah, and I, I think part of that was the fact that, you know, students start classes this week, and I've done this a lot of years, and the weekend when students can come back, the week the weekend before classes start back, there, there aren't any students at those games. They're either back hanging out with their friends, or they're still coming back from, from being out of town. Like, that's never been a, a, stu- a well-attended student game. And that's why USC 
said, you know, at, at the 12 minute mark of the first half, anybody who's up in the upper deck, y'all come down and sit, sit in the lower deck. They're, they're trying to fill the student sections. So, you know, now the students are going to be back on campus and, you know, they'll be ready to rock for the next game. And, you know, the student section has been, been great when they've been in town um, all throughout this year. So you add that, add that group back into the mix and, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to look a, a whole heck of a lot better uh, going forward. John, we, we do want to touch on some football with you, but quickly want to ask you about Jordan Carrion's shortstop transfer for Gamecock baseball. It's kind of strange to see a transfer in January for college baseball because they will begin play in 35 days. The first pitch will be thrown against Miami of Ohio at Founders Park. Uh, what? So tell us about this kid. This is his second transfer. Where has he played? How, how would he fill in here? What's the story? Is your math right? Is it really 35 days? Yeah, I, I, I like double checked. Yeah. I feel like I just saw 40 days just a couple of days ago, but may, maybe your maybe your math is good and mine is not. Um, but um, with, with carry on, he is he went into the transfer portal late. Um, you know, he planned to sign a pro contract last year and just didn't have that opportunity. But once once that uh, once he. No, he didn't know he didn't have that opportunity. The, the portal was closed, so he couldn't get back in and he wanted to leave Florida State. So got into the portal in December. Um, I don't know who all was talking to him and whatnot, but, uh, you know, South Carolina, you know, one thing that I've talked about on the Big Spur, maybe here as well, is, you know, if there's a weakness, like it's depth on the infield. And, you know, I, I feel like they've got four guys for three spots. Uh, Parker Nolan at second, Will Tippett at short, Thomas Jacroy at third, and, and Lee Ellis is, is, the, is the backup, really, for any of those spots. And, um, you know, that's – especially when you look back at last year and see what happened, that's a little perilous right there. So uh, they needed another infielder. Uh, you know, carry-on provides, provides uh, a lot of starting experience, both at Florida and Florida State. Uh, two-year starter at Florida State, one-year starter at Florida. He um, didn't have a great year defensively. He makes some highlight real plays, makes some boneheaded headed plays too, or not boneheaded, but casual casual mistakes. Um, you know, he's he's been been fine offensively, especially for for a, for a shortstop kind of guy. Uh, I don't think he'll be playing shortstop so much at South Carolina. You know, they really like Will Tippett there. Um, so we'll we'll see. He's he's a nice little piece to have. You see it occasionally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now with the uh, um, you know the ability to transfer much more freely uh, than it used to be. Jonathan French, you know, for example, transferred from from South Carolina and is now at Houston uh, to play his his last year of college baseball out there. Um, you know, this season. So you see it occasionally, but you don't see it often. And um, you know, this is one that that could line up for South Carolina. We'll see if he ends up being ruled eligible or not by the NCAA, because that is still within question. Gamecock baseball again opens play in 35 days. A quick uh, programming note for all of you baseball fans. We will once again this year be joined by Stuart Lake on Fridays here ahead of each weekend's series. So excited Thanks, about Steve. that. More on his role, by the way, uh, moving forward. Um, Love with, those conversations with a, with a lot of things. All right, uh, John, uh, we'll let JC give us the full breakdown on all the players Carolina drew in from the portal this weekend. Um, and I know that you ha- you, you don't 
you don't study at all, but but certainly have to keep up with it and get a nice overhead view of what the Gamecocks have been filling up their portal coffer with versus what they lost. What do you think as it comes to a close here this go around? Yeah, we think it's coming to a close. At least, at least for right now, it'll it'll be fired back up again in the spring, yeah. obviously. But um, you know, you you, I, I feel I feel like you did the right thing by by adding uh, a little bit more depth on the offensive line and defensive line. You have have two offensive line pieces with with Aaron Parks coming in as a tackle type, and and then um, uh, Torin Selly Simpkins on the on the interior, uh, more of an interior type. Um, you know, you've you've really done a good job of of adding numbers to to a defensive line that that probably needs it. Um, you know, I, I still feel like right now uh, you're still probably a, a, a really good wide receiver short. Um, JC might disagree with that. I don't know. Uh, but I, I would like to see one more one more uh, wide receiver come in. Uh, who can who can really make plays? And that guy may not be out there right now. I mean, that guy might be be out there in in um, in uh, April. Spring, yeah, or, yeah. So it, it may just be something that you got to wait on, or figure out what you got and, and make sure that that's, that some guys step up. So you know, I, I think I think overall it's been a very nice haul for South Carolina. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you, John. I want to see – I'd like to see one more receiver, uh, a good one. You know, I, I I really like the – what's his last name? Gavendier? Lavendier? Cage Lavendier? Lavalier? Whatever. I think his – I think it's Larvidane. Larvidane. Yeah, I think that's how it is. But I've been, I've been wrestling with that pronunciation as well. No, you're right. Larvidane. Yeah, there's some. That's Louisiana. I I mean this. I mean this very respectfully. Uh, Todd's gonna have some. He's gonna have some work to do up there in the booth next year with Torricelli Simpkins and Larva Dane and Bengali Kamara and Bengali Kamara. I like him too, boy. Yeah. So I I like I like Brown from Coastal. uh, You know, the kid from Dillon. Certainly, he's been consistent. Hadn't put up great numbers. You know, you hope for a little more from him when he gets to Carolina. A lot of in-state guys, sometimes when they come home, they, uh, you know, they do better. Um, I thought it was huge to hold on uh, to Brady. I don't want to call him Brady Hook Cook again. Brady Hunt. Brady Hunt. Because uh, yeah, like I said, when it looked like he was going to AM, how do you? You can't replace that guy. I mean, there's not a lot of guys like that out there. Uh, I think even Shane Beamer said it. <laughs> in an interview recently, hey, you can't replace that guy. Uh, so that was huge because that that that's a need. That's an understated need, like that blocking tight end type of guy that can do a bunch of different things. It's nothing against Josh Simon or, or or Michael Smith or any of those guys, but um, you know that, that guy's good. Um, and so uh, yeah, the thing about Larvardane, Miami of Ohio had bad quarterback issues this year. Like they got like ninety nine Gamecocks wiped out. They had a really good defense. And they ran the ball with Rashad Amos. But this kid still consistently made big play after big play. He was kind of like Shy Smith in 2020, kind of their only guy. Um, so the numbers aren't like something that pops out at you. But when you look at the situation, this kid was a big play making, waiting to happen uh, mm-hmm. for the Red Hawks this year. So, you know, I, I think it may be a sneaky good get 
Um, but I'm with, I am with you, John. I want to see one more there, and I'd like, you know, obviously they need to get a, a backup quarterback from or an experienced quarterback to come in and, and compete, which uh, Hale has a guy, McLeod from JMU, I guess they've been talking. Ray Ray McLeod's little brother, believe it or not. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Hale mentioned him. So um, I've heard that that is a process that is ongoing, that Dow Loggins is on a crusade to find one. And uh, I'm, I'm sure at the end of the day he will. It may not be anybody we've ever heard of, but I'm sure he'll get a guy in that can compete. Yeah, they'll find so, him. So that's, uh, that's good. Attaway, yeah, Brandon, in the chat box, Attaway's good. I, I didn't go through the whole list, obviously, but uh, all those guys, are, I, think, I think they helped themselves quite a bit in the portal. And surprisingly enough, I think they got two pretty good offensive linemen. I mean, I think the kid from Central, North Carolina Central, is probably a little better, uh, crazy enough, as it sounds, than the kid from Oklahoma. But – yeah, kid from Oklahoma. The kid from Oklahoma and the kid from Alabama are originally from Maryland. So you talk about recruiting roots that South Carolina continues to grow and plant. There you go. There's more Maryland DC kids on the roster, even though they are coming from um, Oklahoma and Alabama. So there you go. Yeah, thir- it's Jan's right. It's 39 days. I don't know where I got 35 from. I checked it too, John. I checked it. It's 39 days. Oh. By the way, what, an, what an idiot. God, Gamecock man. Banks, I have to tell you that I'm responsible for the Bill Gunner pole dancing video getting to uh, his producer, Jen. Wow. Well, yeah. <laughs> that was for he, the wedding. He sent me sent a message about that. I didn't know what – I didn't do that. That was me. But, mm. I, well, I sent it to him, too. I, I, That's yeah. funny. You weren't even there. <laughs> no, that was before I got on the bus. Mm. I guess mm. uh, me and Whittle and Joel were in this slow Uber. We should have just come with y'all. If I had to do over again, we'd have just come with y'all. Yeah, we passed y'all when you were getting out of the Uber. That was funny. I had to pee, man. It was ridiculous. So, anyway. <laughs> John, what you got for us uh, coming up this week on the Big Spur? When do you start doing some baseball preview stuff? Oh, uh, well, you you missed the 50-day um, article because y'all were busy being on Christmas vacation. Uh, we did. Oh, here days. we go. Yeah. <laughs> All the time we take off. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we, we did uh, 50 things to know about Gamecock baseball yeah. with, with 50 days remaining until first pitch. Uh, I read it. And I, I can bump that up yeah. to the forefront. Okay. Uh, go, go subtract some things out and make it 35 days or 39 days, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> go jacket. <laughs> jacket. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's about time uh, to start rolling out some baseball stuff. The the players were back on campus last week <laughs> for the most part, and and uh, started started the individual stuff, and and uh, you know they'll meet as a team today. Now that school's back in session, and and uh, you know be ready to roll with the first team practice. I think it's next Friday is when. NCA lets them get going. So it's about time to start rolling out some baseball preview things. And, but, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of joke, I'm, I probably shouldn't say this publicly either, but, you know, I, I spend as much time on basketball as basketball requires. Like, like, uh, you know, if, if they stink, then I start to transition over to baseball a lot more quickly and, you know, they don't stink. So I'm going to be doing a lot more basketball this time of year than, than usual and, and uh, balancing in some baseball stuff. So, um, you know, baseball, basketball will have my full attention and, and uh, Hale and Alex and JC and Tony, good luck with football over there, guys. I'll, right. I'll take the other two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, so, so these four guys are going to cover football and then you yourself will cover everything else at South Carolina. It's tremendous. 
I mean, yeah. I write a little basketball every now and then. Uh, <laughs> I do a little net ranking deep dive. Sorry, now. John. I'm sorry, man. So we got Matt Anderson now that's like a bracketologist. So I'm like, eh, you know, you're not going to ask me to make you a drink when the best bartender in the state's sitting right there making drinks. So I don't know if I'll even be doing that this year. Sorry, Maybe I'll just write a nice column. Maybe we need to. Why don't we get Hale to write a basketball column one day when John no, no, Tony. wants to go to lunch or just take, <laughs> take a day off? Definitely Tony needs to write basketball. Okay. Well, well I, I need to know who the best party bus bartender was. Was it Bradford or Gunter? Oh, boy. That was tough. close. I don't, I don't even think Bill poured poured one. I was I it was me. It was me and it was me and Morgan. Morgan. I oh, know. Mike didn't pour one either. It was just me. I poured Phil. one exit the bus. Yes, you did. Phil <laughs> took one to go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. I, well, I, I hope Gunner's not mad at me because I um I'll text him later today. I hope he he, he wasn't mad, was he? Oh, I don't think he was. Uh, well, it didn't air. Did it? I didn't. Did it air? I forgot I was supposed it to air. be on 107.5 oh, this morning. I sent it to Jen, his producer, and she's like, I love this for so many reasons. Thank you so much. <laughs> aired the video? I can't yeah. believe she aired the video. Uh-oh. I mean, my understanding is, according to Gamecock Banks here, because uh, I guess it, it aired. So, I mean, look, it's nothing – Perverted. Nothing wrong with it. Was just very artistic. I thought it was very artistic. Artistic. <laughs> he looked like a he looked like a small Patrick Swayze out there. Listen, we've all got kids to put through school, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, oh man. John, have yourself a wonderful Monday, my man. Thanks for the extended time. I know we've probably kept you a lot longer than you actually really wanted to be here. No, we we're good. We're good. As long as y'all can deal with my voice. Oh, maybe oh, yeah. next week I'll sound like a normal person. You and me. Ah, yeah. Sound, yeah, sound you're great. great. Beautiful. Sound great. Look great. All good, my man. It's all good. <laughs> good liar there. Appreciate you. <laughs> See you Take care, John. You guys. <laughs> uh, the great John Little with the BigSpur.com. All right. Uh, well, we do need to step aside. It's the end of the hour. National Championship tonight. There it is. My favorite band, Aerosmith. It's everybody's favorite band. Well, somebody actually did have a friend that was an Aerosmith. Like, that's their favorite band. And the dude was like a musician. So perhaps there are some. Hey, I like anybody, Aerosmith. I do, too. Everybody likes yeah. Aerosmith. Right. I love a single person that doesn't. But I don't oh, know if anybody's like, favorite band. what's oh, your favorite? Those are my guys. Like, Eric Church for you. Like, Guns yeah, N' Roses for me. Like, I don't know who Phil's favorite band is because he's got such a great, eclectic taste in music. He and his wife, I can never put them down on anybody. Some pretty damn obscure stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> like, it's like, like, like... first edition for Coach Kingston? New edition. <laughs> new edition. edition. edition? Yeah, that's new it. First, I like first edition, though. <laughs> new edition. Yeah, wow. first edition. New edition for Coach Oh, and Kingston. do not think that I am not going to blast all the new edition I can find. The when next he comes time. on? Here, oh, yeah. I won't yeah. tell him. If, if, no, no. Well, he should know because that's, you know. <laughs> he well, he's know asking he for it. I mean, he was He'll texting me dancing. and JC uh, videos of new edition during new Christmas. Edition. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Mark Keaston. Here's the new edition Christmas album for you. Dude, I texted him back. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like, dude, you're <laughs> falling down the ladder, man. It's not, it ain't good. I'll put it on the playlist, dude. I was like, hell, yeah, why not? <laughs> I was sitting right. there watching football. I didn't care. So. <laughs> we'll step aside. Plenty. We're, we'll go through all the Gamecock commitments. Uh, we got a lot in basketball. Uh, today is uh, uh, the rest of the way is guest free. So if you have a 
question that's worth answering. Uh, you can put it into the sports chat box. We'll be quite full tomorrow with Mike Morgan, Brad Crawford, and Hale McGranahan. Uh, so we'll try to get a lot of the Nana Sports chat stuff in where we can. Uh, the national championship, we'll talk a lot about that tonight uh, as well. Inside the Gamecocks, the show uh, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Man, these things are everywhere now. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. Hello, Michelle, if you're watching. We'll see you when we get back here on ITG. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs... Or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate. We can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer, Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. 
Until moment. Sweet heat or something special. So is the secret spice from Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com to order all of it and have it delivered to your home, to your doorstep. Billy G's CarolinaBarbecue.com as well. Do you need catering? Do you have a wedding? Do you have a family reunion? Do you have a neighborhood that does um, the like food trucks at the pool or something where a bunch of people, hundreds of people, hundred people, whatever it may be, kind of turn out on a Friday night. Any idea that you might have that requires catering or a food truck, I would require you to hire Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. It's, I mean, it's, everything's good. Everything's good. At the very least, you can at least get the barbecue sauce and the secret spice, which we put on everything in our home, uh, delivered to your house and uh, soup it up, whatever you're going to make next for your family. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue cannot thank them enough. Billy G, of course, I'm sure he's a happy man right now. Former Gamecock basketball player back in the 70s, and the Gamecock basketball program is having quite the start to the year. 13 and 1, Bama on deck tomorrow night. JC, JB, and Phil here for two more hours on ITG. Quickly on hoops, clearly the national championship is tonight. Um, if, if you like college basketball just in general and want to follow along in addition to your Gamecocks, how about this tomorrow night? There's a lot of teams that better be very careful on the road. None of them have easy contests. Third-ranked Houston on the road at 11-3 and three, Iowa State. Careful. Uh, you got 20th-ranked Texas at Cincinnati tomorrow night. Top-ranked Purdue is at Nebraska. Well, Nebraska's not very good, right? No, they are, actually. They're 2-2 two and two in the Big Ten. They're 12-3 and three overall. They've beaten some really good teams this year. Uh, that game's at 9 on Peacock. If you don't have the app, you can't watch it. Uh, BYU, 12th in the country, is on the road at 18th-ranked uh, Baylor late tomorrow night. 13th-ranked Colorado State on the road at Boise State. That's a difficult one for there up in... Uh, Idaho, 14th-ranked Duke is at Pittsburgh. Got to be careful there. 
uh, as well. So could, uh, could a lot of things could be churning and burning in the college basketball scene if Carolina is able to walk into T-Town and get out of there at 2-0 and in the league with a trip to Missouri on deck coming up on Saturday. Depending on what happens in front of them, you never know. Uh, Carolina is trying to get closer and closer to the top 25. On that note, though, I will add this as we transition into some football here, boys and girls. Andy Katz, just uh, about 45 minutes ago with the NCAA. Of course, you, you'll see him throughout the year on March Madness coverage, Turner Sports, and this, that, and the other. He does a weekly power 36, and he's got the Gamecocks 19th, which is seven spots ahead of the Clemson Tigers, who check in at number 26. So Andy Katz has Carolina in the top 20 right now. Pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good deal there. Um, Hey, you want as much good mojo as possible. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. No, I, I was just saying, I, you know, that media poll be damned down there at SEC Media Days, and Coach Paris was right. Yeah, he took it personally. They are not the worst team in the league. There's no way this team finishes at the bottom of this league, even though it's as stout as it is. And I think one of the greater points is it was like, yes, this is a, a portal-constructed, you know, kind of group this year, um, but – I was listening to the television call during the game and they pointed it out a couple of times that this team um, didn't just bring in talent, but went after experience. And that really shows, I think on the court, you know, and accompanying that with Michi looking like he's just the most comfortable he's ever been uh, playing basketball then you you really do have what's turned out to be i mean this, this is a fun team to watch and and i'm sitting here i'm pulling up schedules this weekend trying to figure out what i can get before i was down there to go catch a game <laughs> well there's plenty of tickets available um, yeah yeah that's the thing it's like yeah still, i just gotta pick now you know right mm-hmm. now but uh no uh look it, it is it's an older team it's the second oldest team in the sec behind a&m older teams if they can get to the tournament are usually the ones that win. I mean, it, it's uh, you can ask John Calipari how hard it is to win with a bunch of one and doneers, even as good as they were. What that year they lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four, undefeated. I mean, one of the best basketball teams I've ever seen ran into a veteran, gritty Wisconsin team. It was Wisconsin's night, and they won the game. So, um, but you got to get there, and and that's the challenge in this league is getting there, and. Uh, it's a gauntlet. It, it, it's not a league, uh, and really none of the leagues are like that anymore with the ACC expanding up and down the the East Coast and all. But it, it's not like the ACC used to be where you're not making very far trips and stuff. I mean, you're on halfway across the country sometimes twice a week. Uh, and, and that, you know, say what you want, it grinds on you. Um, but it, it's not uh, – and you can ask every coach that's been here. Uh, from Dave Odom on Frank Martin on down, it's tough with the weight spread out like it is, but, um, Hey, look, uh, you just got to take it one game at a time. You know, basketball is not an undefeated sport. <laughs> You're going to lose. I guarantee you this team will lose again. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Saturday in Columbia, Missouri, I, maybe both, maybe not, but it's the sum of the parts at the end of the day in, in college basketball. And, and you have to be able to bounce back from losses and, and bounce back from adversity, and, and that's in-game and in-game-to-game as well. And they've done a pretty good job uh, of that so far because even some games maybe like Charleston Southern where 
how in the heck was that a four point game? They still won. It didn't, you know, they weren't like, Oh my God, we only beat Charleston Southern by four. They came right back and beat Winthrop by 10 struggled some in that game, but ended up covering, uh, and then got back on trap with, with an Elon and NCAA and T and they won their opener. So, you know, that this is a team that responds and, and older, older teams do that. I also want to point out too, like, like you have guys that, that have different levels of experience, like BJ Mack, um, was an ACC recruit before he went to Wofford, you know, and Wofford's a winning program. He's used to winning. Talon Cooper's an in-state guy that's been to three different schools that, although he was on a bad team last year, was an assist monster in Minnesota in the Big Ten. Miles Studi's played in the SEC at Vandy with success. Um, You know, these aren't just guys. I mean, even Stephen Clark, who's a guy that was used to scoring a lot at Citadel, he's not scoring much at all now, knows his role. You know, and then beyond the transfers, Lamont has gotten Benjamin Bosman's Verdunk, even though we didn't see him much the other day. He's, he's, gotten got, a, he's got a hit pointer. Oh, he's got a hit pointer? Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the games we've seen him this year, he's played better. You know, he's gotten better. He's not great, but he's better, you know, and he knows his role. Go in there and rebound. Get the garbage points, you know, that kind of thing. Zach Davis is much, much better. Oh, he's – boy, he's a blast. Even, I love uh, watching him play basketball. Even Little Morris, uh, I, don't know his last, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, the, the Finnish kid that's here a year early that was supposed to be redshirt. You're talking about Ugasuk? Ugasuk. That's yeah. it. I should, I should know. Ugasuk. Now, look, I don't. Jan pointed out he didn't draw iron Saturday. But it was his first game, and that's a tough game for a guy built like him against the, that bunch. That's tough. But he went in there and competed. And so I, I think that, you know, all in all, it, it, looks, it looks bright. You know, this team's – Knock on wood, healthy outside of the Bosman's for dunk hit pointer, by the way, that you just mentioned. So, uh, so here we go. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, it's not an undefeated sport, so they drop one or two this week. You don't need to get down. You just need to get back up on the horse and keep riding and see what happens. So there we go. Yeah. It's, it's neat to see all the experience they brought in uh, with the portal and then the young guys, uh, Colin Murray Boyles and, and Zach Davis kind of, the, the future of the program, putting in quality minutes. Those, those guys combined for 42 minutes in the game against Mississippi State this weekend, and they were six of eight from the field and chipped in 17 points with six boards and two assists. Colin Murray Bulls and Zach Davis off. That's pretty good bench production there uh, to beat Mississippi State. So uh, we will – you're right. We'll con- continue to sing the praises. Uh, that mean they will, won't get beat because they're going to get beat somewhere. Uh, and it certainly could happen tomorrow night in T-Town, 7 o'clock on the SEC Network. But as you all well know, Derek Scott will be on the air at 6.30 alongside Casey Manning on the call. JC, big weekend for the Carolina football program in the portal, uh, not just in numbers, but in size as well. Yesterday concluded with uh, a couple of commitments, one uh, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma and another a defensive lineman, from the University of Alabama. You had mentioned his name last week and the fact that uh, there were fans who that's all they could talk about was this kid kind of overlooking some of the other players uh, that Carolina was in the was in the mix for. Um, but um, but this this now look they've got a kind of a, a real transfer portal class again. I, I, they needed to continue to add some things. And, and they did it throughout the weekend. Um, I don't know who you want to start with here. I guess we'll start with the – the we'll start first with the latest. Uh, Aaron Parks, the offensive lineman 
from Oklahoma. What do we know about him and the role that he may fill moving forward, starting in spring ball for Gamecock football? Well, he played tackle out there. It was a reserve. Uh, didn't I mean Oklahoma typically? Uh, it's continued under Brent Venables. I don't know about next year because they lost so many guys, but uh, they they have had one of the better offensive lines in the in the nation. You know, uh, Lincoln Riley. They, they tend to recruit very very well there. Uh, he was a four-star guy projected as a guard out of Fort Washington, Maryland, uh, National Christian Academy, a big, you know, physical kind of built a lot like Travell Warden, I would say. I'm not comparing his game to Travell because I wouldn't go that far right now. Uh, but look, he's a tackle with Power 5 experience. He's been in a, a major program for three years. I think after what happened last year, man, you're looking for all the competitive depth you can find at tackle and they're so rare. Um, I get it. You know, he wasn't playing that much out there, probably needed a fresh start. It's yet another kid from Maryland and DC, which I like because like I said, I talked about recruiting roots. Um, so good pickup. I mean, you're not going to really find that much better at, at tackle um, out there. A guy that can come in and legitimately play the position. Um, they also got another offensive or defensive line. I'll go. I'll go there now. Monkel uh, Goodwine. Now he is from Rock Creek Christian Academy in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Originally was uh, the 17th best defensive tackle in the country when he was a recruit. Uh, it was a long time ago, class of 2021, which was kind of that COVID class. So there were some misses there. Um, I think that, you know, talk to Alabama fans that they didn't think the kid wasn't good. He just, he was just behind studs there. And I think that's your hope of your South Carolina is that, you know, he can come in and compete. He's got two more years, I think. So, you know, even if he's a backup next year, you know, you needed some guys because once that trio of Sanders and Tonka and Boogie move on, you know, it gets real thin inside real quick. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's a, that's a good guy to go get, I think. Um, again, a Maryland kid. So, I mean, I, I need to count up the number of Maryland D.C. guys that are on the roster now because it's getting up there. Um, so he probably knows some players here and certainly is a, uh, you know, uh, a worthy pickup, I, I think. I mean, Alabama, uh, and depending on kind of – he wouldn't have lasted as long at Alabama if he, like, wasn't doing the right thing. In other words, Nick Saban is not keeping a guy – if he doesn't go to workouts, doesn't take advantage of what's happening there, um, full advantage of everything Alabama has to offer. They just don't keep guys like that. So it tells me because he lasted so long there that he did everything the right way, you know, because he lasted, but he just wasn't, he just couldn't track the two deep, which I mean, with the way they recruit, who knows? So uh, I think those are two pretty good pickups. I mean, I, I again, just like I tell people not to get way down when uh, Carolina gets a guy from the lower levels, don't get way up just because this kid's from Alabama and Oklahoma. You know, it's, it's a nice blend. Um, and, and what you want with these two guys is for them to provide competitive depth right away. And if one of them can take a starting job and flourish, great. If not, you got them right there and they're pushing your starters. And, you know, that always makes everybody better. The Brady Hunt situation is interesting, too. Um, you know, I've got some pretty good intel on this, but I don't feel like it's appropriate uh, to to speak on it. But at the end of the day, what it, what JC, at the end of the day, he's a Gamecock. Uh, and I mean that in good from a good 
thing. You know, it, it's not like he, not, not saying anything crazy happened here or anything like that, but it, you know, just some, some, some personal information. Um, I don't even know why I was told that, but I was told. And so, so what I'm getting at here is he knew that he liked South Carolina. Clearly, A&M became a factor in this, um, but some things ended up working out better for him to to come to Columbia where his heart kind of was. And as you pointed out earlier, at 6'6", 250, it's hard to find a tight end. Good hands, get really good hands. It's hard to find a tight end like that. You're going to put him out there with Josh Simon. It's a pretty good duo. And Michael Smith. Don't forget Michael Smith. Yeah. People, mm-hmm. are, are, people need to remember that name because uh, he's kind of ready. He's college-ready guy. Um, yeah, and look, this kid, when they got him, it was like, my goodness, this is probably the pickup that nobody's going to talk about that's going to be very significant because, you know, like a Nate Atkins or a Hayden Hurst or, you know, you name the types. A tight end such a different position nowadays in football. You can have everybody from a Kyle Pitts type to a – you know, to a guy that's just basically a receiver, to a guy that's a blocker that doesn't can't do much else. I mean, it is a very versatile spot. Uh, and so it's helpful formationally and play calling wise and, and whatever, when you can have a guy that can do all the above. And that's what this kid can. And, you know, Shane Beamer made the comment that, you know, they were scouting Tennessee last year, watching their game against Ball State. And they're like, who in the heck is this tight end? They got at Ball State. This guy's good. And he was. And he got hurt this year because he was a he was a Mackey uh, Award, I guess, nominee heading into this year. And it's kind of funny because Ball State this season also had another stud tight end that entered the portal that was like six seven. <laughs> so I, I, when I was talking to uh, somebody about this kid, I got them both confused because I'd watched some Ball State this year this year and gone, "Who the hell's this tight end?" But but it wasn't the same guy. So. Um, you know, big Midwestern kid. I mean, you, you look from Indianapolis and go west through the, the middle part of Illinois, up a little bit over towards Iowa, down into Missouri. That's where you find, and maybe over in Ohio a little bit where the Kelseys are from, that's where you're finding these freak 6'6", tight end kids that can run. A Notre Dame gets a bunch of them. Freaking uh, Iowa, year in and year out, gets a bunch of them. Uh, they're all over the Big Ten and all over the NFL. And so geographically, the fact this kid's from Indiana, I kind of like that. I kind of like that Midwestern tough, hard, hard assness out of him. Uh, and so, and it just worked out. Now, 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 JB, I'll be honest, you're way ahead of me as far as the details. Cause I, I had, you know, I just saw it. I saw what had happened. I was like, wow, okay. I have no, none of the details on it. I just, uh, <laughs> I'm just glad it happened because you look at everybody in the class of all the guys they've gotten from the portal. This is the one guy you can't just go say, Oh, no, there'll be a receiver that comes along. There'll be running backs that come along. You know, there's quarterbacks out there, a guy like this to do everything tight end. That's got the experience. It's got the size, the strength, the toughness, the hands. I mean, those guys, you just don't, they're, they're everybody's, if, if, if a school's got one, they're keeping him, you know, and so I think that was absolutely huge. And Carolina plays A&M again next year for the Bonham Trophy in Columbia, and you don't want to see him making big plays against you. You'd rather have him on your team, right? So there you go. Uh, there's no there's no doubt about that. It's 1223, and it's time for a timeout. We'll step aside when we return. Uh, more commitments from the weekend to the portal. Bengali Kamara, linebacker out of Pittsburgh. Uh, JC will tell you what he's learned about this young man. He is a good football player. Uh, that also includes Gage. 
uh, Larva Dane, who has committed from uh, Miami of Ohio, and now looking at each of these positions, is they're pretty much full uh, going into spring ball. Going into spring ball, which is only a couple of months away, they are currently in the middle of winter workouts. We'll get into all of that here on our program. Uh, any questions you may have, we're, we're following along, so plug them into the Nana Sports chat box, and uh, if we can answer them, we will answer them. And everybody, continue to monitor the weather, by the way. Things are closing quickly here in the low country. Uh, school district shutting down tomorrow with what is ahead, 40, 50-plus mile-an-hour winds, tornadoes, and beyond. So if you are in the southern part of the state of South Carolina, I would say uh, take a peek at your uh, weather, 24-hour weather outlook. Not looking good uh, for tomorrow. It's looking good for today, though, and we'll be right back here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's 2024. And it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating get yourself the three amigos bundles for tailgating they make catering easy with a fresh hot setup and again you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up you can also look them up online or you can even download the app salsaritas is just a cut above the rest that's why they're serving williams price stadium and the south stands also serving in the colonial life arena again that catering hotline number make it easy for you and the folks out there you don't need to settle for sandwiches every time 803-543-6297 803-543-6297 rescues and resin proud supporters of carolina rise they are also proud partners of the show they make products you can't get anywhere else custom designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate make your home or make anything stand out Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. Rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Twelve twenty-seven. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks. The 
show. I mentioned earlier electric bikes of Charleston. They're the new thing. If you haven't figured that out, they're everywhere, man. They are everywhere. So if you're in the market for one, I know, of course, it's post-Christmas. We're all probably trying to tighten the belt a little bit. But if any of you maybe get a tax refund, I know some of us are a little slim in that margin. But uh, if you get one uh, or you start to look outside in a couple of weeks and realize that the warm weather isn't too far away, that's where you want to go. And you don't have to be from Charleston to shop there. I promise you that. They, they'll take care of you, and they do. They take care of everybody all over the place in South Carolina, actually, and beyond that. But electricbikescharleston.com, electricbikescharleston.com. It's a great way to get out and get around. Uh, if you want to ride a long ways on a bike, but you don't feel like pedaling a long ways on a bike, you can easily kick that thing into assist mode, and it'll help you get where you need to go, beach, mountains, flat surfaces, whatever it may be. Uh, they are awesome. And so are the people that own it. The, the Wilkins family can't say enough good things about them. They're huge Carolina Rise supporters, uh, both lovingly and financially. Uh, they, they they give a lot and can't thank them enough for that. Um, but uh, big, big, big Gamecock fans, and we're glad to be partnered with them and thankful for what they do and uh, certainly happy that they keep people out and moving around. ElectricBitesCharleston.com. Of course, their sister store is Charleston Fitness Equipment, and that is – where I got my hydro rower from that has been so good to me and my wife as we barely got through the holidays, but it kept us alive. That's for sure. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. All right. Um, JC, Bengali Kamara is a guy who the more that you pay attention and listen to what's coming out of within the building up there, they like him a lot. And I don't know what they're going to call him ban or i don't know but they, they've got some guys with some names that play linebacker debo bam ban now they just need a pal we got to find some pal somewhere they just lost pup and stone too yeah i mean, I mean these are, a, you had to make good name. quality replacements there you yeah you had to go to the name department no doubt um but, but, but demetrius knight may go if he goes by meat then you got meat there you know me bam and debo yeah it's a Four-star kid in the portal, and he's a big one. He's 6'2", about 235 pounds or so. He will come, and he will hit you, and he will hit you hard. But my understanding of this dude, JC, and you fill in the gaps here, is he's he can move. Um, they feel like with the addition of him and the, the kid from Charlotte, the night kid from Charlotte, they – no offense to Stone Blanton at all. And and I really don't mean this towards Pup. I, I thought the world of Pup Howard. I thought the next couple of years he was going to be fantastic. Uh, but these guys are older, experienced players who can who can really get around at the linebacker position. Yeah, if you're going to have to get – if Stone and Pup leave, I mean, you're going to go get replacements. Yeah, I mean, speed is important. I mean, I, I think um, this guy, what I like about him, right, and, and again – I always caveat this and say, I, I know that Pittsburgh did not have a good year. I know Pitt sucked. I know their defense was not good. But I also know Pat Narduzzi and the way he can individually evaluate talent. He did it at Michigan State for how long? And they won with a bunch of three stars every year. <laughs> how many times did they beat Michigan? And, uh, I mean, you know, went to the playoff under Mark D'Antonio. Or no, Narduzzi was the D.C. on that staff. They were always stout on defense. He can evaluate, man, and – you look at the players Pitt's put into the league uh, since he's been there. I mean, so what? They had a bad year team-wise. But but DeAndre Jules played really well, and this kid played really well. What I like about him, number one, 
uh, I'm all into geography, right? But he's from Akron, Ohio. Those guys are tough. You know, those guys that play football at Northeast Ohio, there's a little poop about them, you know. Mm-hmm. Number two, the season's over. They're playing Duke at the end. Duke beat them by about 10 points or so. This guy's all over the field, 10, 11 tackles, playing his heart out. Season's over. I think it was even raining or cold in Durham in front of the hundreds of people that go to Duke football games. And this guy's out there playing his heart out. Um, I like guys like that at this position. I think it's important. Uh, I think Debo Williams has a little bit of that in him. You know, I think Ben Scott's got some of that in him. But uh, Kamara definitely is it uh, as far as that goes. And, um, you know, it's a shame that Stone and Pup elected to go where they went went back to, you know, the the teams that they originally were. I mean, it's kind of funny. Stone and Xavier Short and Pup all ended up transferring back to the, the number two teams in their recruitment. Kind of fun yeah. how that works out sometimes. Yeah. But um, you know, that's what they wanted to do. That's fine. So the the idea is, you know, you don't want to have to depend on Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson to come in here and play a bunch of snaps. Now, maybe one or two will because they're both very good players, but you don't want to have to depend on that. Um, you know, because you just don't know when guys are going to be ready, no matter how talented they are, especially in this league, especially at linebacker where one misstep can cost you a touchdown. Uh, in this defense where you're a lot of pressure with your linebacker stuff, you have to be smart to play the position in this scheme. So, man, you know, if it had to be done, you know, this is a good way to do it. You know, getting guys that can run with experience. Uh, you know, you mentioned Demetrius Knight. You know, he's a guy that didn't do much at Georgia Tech, but then, you know, he's an all-American athletic conference linebacker that runs 21 and a half miles an hour, 247 pounds. I'll take it. You know, because like I said, we're not talking about, I mean, Mo Cobb is still in the mix too, you know, with, with those top guys, the, the alleged starters. We're not necessarily talking about Demetrius Knight having to start, but he can help you prevent from having to rush a guy on the field before he's ready and a guy loses confidence, gets hurt, whatever. So uh, I, liked, I, liked the, I liked the strategy. I like the players. I especially like Kamara just because of the respect I have for Pat Narduzzi. That's the same reason I like DeAndre Jules a whole lot. I think, uh, you know, that guy is going to be really, really good. So, um, you know, no, I'm sorry that Pitt had to lose players, but, uh, you know, give me all the Pitt guys you can possibly give me. They got another one, uh, Buddy Mack, who played at Burns, who's coming in as a walk-on as a safety, too, for Pitt. So uh, that's three former Panthers coming uh, to this roster. So that's uh, that's a good pickup, man, really good pickup at linebacker. I'm – I am confident that they will have a good group there this season if uh, if everybody stays healthy. And that's going to be my answer all offseason, if everybody stays healthy. Yeah, it's it, man, talking about the linebackers is is it's so just a couple of years ago they didn't have any. Yeah. You know, like they they just it wasn't good. It, it, they were trying to get this thing figured out and and here we are. This is what's amazing about the portal. And uh, and how quickly it can all really change, especially if you're able to get some guys developed. I mean, if you go back two years, right, go back two years and you look at the group that they had now at that point in time, Carolina fans, those covering the program, anybody that had any familiarity with the roster was looking at the future of it being uh, under the lid of a guy named Mo Kaba, right? 
And 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 poor Mo, uh, we got to know him, JC. He's an outstanding kid. Holy smokes! And um, I mean, you talk about somebody who you'd want to hire. It's Mo Cabo, and there's no doubt. And and here he is, two years in a row, going down with just devastating injuries. Um, and and certainly hope and pray that he can get back and play. I, I mean, if Mo Cabo's watching this right now, this is not it's not personal. Like I, I don't mean it this way. I, I hope I'm dead wrong. It's just hard. It's always hard to imagine any football player coming back from a pair of ACLs and just stepping right back in and playing well. It's I mean, his third it, one, too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. As well, so. and, and I'm not saying that he won't. It, it, it's not what I'm getting at. I mean, Jordan Strawn, it took him a while to kind of get back into the flow, right? But he did. Um, we've seen these things before, and it just takes time. And so I hope for the sake of Mo Kaba and mentally uh, more than anything, uh, that he's able to play and he's able to contribute um, in, in a way that he knew he could because he was a really damn good football player. But my point is, you go back a couple of years, I remember when they signed Debo, nobody really knew what to think about him. And here he is, he's the leader of the defense. You, you can name anybody else you want. The leader of the defense is Debo Williams. Um, and then they've gone into the portal, and all of the guys that were going to be the future of the program, they're all pretty much gone. Um, I mean, with the exception of Mo, he's down with the injury, trying to come back. Stone is out. People can bash and trash Stone all they want to with what type of player he is. When he committed to South Carolina, everybody was celebrating him, so I don't buy into all that crap. But he was going to be a guy that everybody thought was the future at linebacker, right? And and now he's gone. Mo Caba, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Pup Howard comes in just last year, this time last year. Uh, I remember interviewing him with Bill Gunner. And and you 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 hear him talk and you're like man this kid ooh but he's bought into the culture of South Carolina he's gone and and now and and you would think right JC if I said one year ago today one year ago today not even two years one year ago today knowing what we knew Mo Kava was coming back from injury Pup Power was a freshman Stone Blanton was about to be you know kind of getting into his prime um, as a as a football player at South Carolina. If I would have said next year all three of those guys aren't going to be a part of the team, what would you have thought about this group of players? Uh-oh. I hope they hit the portal. Yeah. At the time, you know, because Greg, Greg, Gregory and Fred Johnson, well, I guess Fred was a summertime guy, but Gregory had been committed for a while. and I'd be like, Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson, come on down, you know. Yep. <laughs> go go hit the portal, man, because that's uh, – you know, the portal works both ways. It's 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 mind-numbingly disappointing, but also it can it's a saving grace. Um, but I, I I mean you know. you're 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 right. Well, I guess what I'm getting at here is one year ago today, if you would have said the 2024 football team, and I'm not saying that they won't have Mo Kaba. Don't misunderstand me. But he's yeah. he's he's currently injured, so I'm not counting him as part of the group. Okay, but if I would have said the 2024 football team may not have Mo Kaba because of another ACL, won't have Stone Blanton, and won't have Pup Howard. And, again, this is before we saw anybody play in 2023. This time last year, January 8, 2023, you would have thought, good God, the future of this linebacking core is bleak at best, right? And But then we just, but then we just saw, like, what can happen when some things change and develop guys and you give dudes a chance. I mean – I remember when Debo Williams came in, I, I saw a comment earlier in the chat box about nobody impresses me. Well, did Debo Williams, were you jumping for joy when Debo Williams came in? You can't, you, none of us can predict any of these things. You just can't. And so, and here, here's this cat who's got over 100 tackles 
he's the first guy to do it since Sky did. I think back in 2015, I think was the last time we had a 100-plus tackle season by anybody. And uh, you have watched the emergence of Bam, Bam Martin Scott, who's, who's outstanding. Jerron Willis finally gets into the system where he can go out and be athletic. They've just added these two portal guys, Jason. And all of a sudden, this linebacking core, which a year ago was shaky at best, I'd say, young but shaky at best, inexperienced, all those things, all the, all the big words we love to use, now all of a sudden is one of the, if not the most experienced unit. I have to go back and really look at all the numbers, but they're pretty darn close with the dudes they're bringing into the portal, and they're, and they're very, very talented. Uh, so it, it it can it can happen in a hurry, uh, and uh, the depth has provided the ability to not have to count on Mo Cobb to rush himself back by August thirty first, right? Right. You know, and I think Mo's probably going to be similar to Sherrod Green his last year. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy. Probably won't be asked to start. I would think. Um, now, look, I hope he does. I mean, shoot, I hope Mo Cobb comes back and is the player that uh, we all thought he could be. I mean. You think about 2022, like the first two games, man, he was all over the field before he went down against Arkansas. Like the first game and a half, that dude was lights out. So, um, so hopefully, hopefully they finish it up. Uh, you know, hopefully they get the, put a good product out there. I think that, you know, when you go through seasons like you, you have recently at different positions, lessons get learned as far as, you know, if you can get a guy from the portal that could possibly help you, you should, because you just never know with injuries and, and with the way guys, there's still another week worth of portal and, defections possibly. And with, you know, portal, you just yeah. never know. So smart. You have to and, recruit and, over everybody. And look, and Clayton white has stood Pat before. And I'm not saying it's necessarily, it didn't, it wouldn't have burned him had it not been for injuries, but it burned, him. you know, the kid named Jalen Moody, they got in the portal for a minute from Alabama. That's from Conway that, would have crawled on his belly through glass to come here and no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and they could have used him that next year just because people got injured. They got hurt. And so True. Uh, I, I think lessons get learned. I mean, and look, and that's not just South Carolina staff. I think it's everybody's staff as we all journey into this portal era and get immersed in it more and more, you know, you, you're going to find things out. It's unfair to think that everybody will have everything, you know, as changes happen in college football, everybody's going to be an expert. I mean, I remember uh, Nick Saban's first class when there was an early signing period finished eighth because mm-hmm. they got caught with their pants down because they were used to going in January and flipping six guys from other schools. Right. Well, they couldn't flip them because there was nobody there. That's how they ended up with Jalen Moody <laughs> to begin with because he was kind of a late pickup for them because they didn't, they had spots and there was just nobody to go flip. Well, the next year, Bama signed everybody, the number one class in December. It was right. just an adjustment state, but that's that's the GOAT we're talking about, having a, a mis- misalignment. So if the GOAT's doing that, then, then everybody else is kind of feeling their way as well. It is uh, 12.42 here on Inside the Gamecocks, uh, the show. The wide receiver room is up next. We will slide to a quick timeout, but I do want to remind you, as we do every day here on our program, that Gamecock Traditions is a tradition amongst Gamecocks. You see what I did there? Anybody follow along? She feels like, wait, tradition? Monk, got it. Yeah, uh, we got you. <laughs> uh, GamecockTraditions.com. You don't have to be in the Lexington area or even up there near the village of Sand Hill, their second location. You can be anywhere. You can be in Alaska. We have people that listen to us from all over the country. And guess what? They order from GamecockTraditions.com because they'll ship it 
to your doorstep, the real stuff, you know, not the junk that comes from Amazon. And then you, you get there and you realize it says Southern Cal, like the president, former president. So you don't want to make that mistake. Gamecocktraditions.com. That's where you want to go to get anything and everything with the logo and beyond. You can soup up your tailgate and get ready for baseball season. We're in the middle of basketball season. If you're getting ready to go watch them play, you need some hoop stuff. That's where you want to go. Gamecock Traditions. Can't thank Scott and Kevin and the whole gang. Man, they're awesome people, and we can't thank them enough for what they do for Gamecock Country. GamecockTraditions.com, where something is always on sale. Time out. We'll be right back. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Cole Joe here, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is.
National Championship Monday tonight. It's set. Well, they say seven thirty. They'll end up kicking off around nine thirty, I would imagine, uh, on ESPN Washington and Michigan. More on that in hour number three here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show. Gage Larvadane has uh, completed a threesome of Jared Brown and Mari Huggins Bruce. JC, we hit on him earlier. Uh. So I was speaking with somebody yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I think of the of all of everything they were trying to do in the off season from an upgrade position. I think they. I I personally think just based on, you know, the guys we talked to and 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 seeing these football players and and who they signed. I think they've upgraded every position group except for quarterback. Um, and, and then wide receiver, I, I can't say that. I, I just don't think it's, it's fair to say that it's upgraded or downgraded. They're replacing two all Americans. I mean, Xavier Leggett's going to the NFL and, uh, juice is headed to Ole Miss. Uh, n- no disrespect to the other young men transferring out of that, that wide receiver group. I would say if you remove those two and you just put a hat on a hat, the, the guys that left versus the guys that are coming in, I'd say it was probably an upgrade, but you can't really say that right now. Um, because, um, because that's not true. Juice and Xavier were in there. So, JC, I, I would venture a guess they're probably still going to try to find one more at some point in time, maybe a little bit later on in the spring. Who knows? Uh, with all that being said, nobody, nobody, nobody could have predicted anything about the last two guys, and you rarely can. Uh, nobody thought Juice was going to come in and end up being what he was. and. Um, we started hearing the hype, but everybody wanted to wait and see it, and they did when Xavier Leggett turned and burned for 12 games this fall, right? But nobody could have predicted that he was going to be maybe potentially a first-round draft pick. So, you know, we have to wait for those type of things again. JC, we'll we'll see as it goes on. If this is the group they've got, then maybe somebody who's already on the roster or maybe somebody who has just come on to it uh, will end up being the, the new talk of the town at that position group. There might be a Juice Wells on this team. We, we just don't know yet. We'll have to wait and find out. But um, as it stands in January, if someone asked me my opinion, which nobody cares, uh, I would say it's hard to say that that's an upgraded position group at this point in time. We'll just have to wait and see. I'd feel better with one more, you know, the Agreed. guy that's got some stats from somewhere else. Uh, there's a myth out there that they need a WR1. And that I want to explain it to people. That is a fantasy football term. Right. If you're putting together a fantasy team, you needed wide receiver one. Um, I'll remind everybody the best teams in program history uh, for 2012, 2013, especially did not have a wide receiver one. They had a group of guys that were good. Uh, you could probably say, what well, was it? Was it Bruce Ellington? Was it, was it a Sanders? You know, who, who was the WR one in that group? There was just a bunch of good players. Nick Jones out there catching passes, the tight ends. I mean, you know, they, they made it work just fine. Uh, I think that, you know, it, 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 you look through the Muschamp era, they were very fortunate that they had Debo, Brad, Brian Edwards, and, and Shy Smith. But even the year where they just had Shy Smith, Shy Smith was the guy. You know, so somebody stepped up and was that guy. Um, Josh Van in Beamer's first year stepped up and was that guy, as limited as that room was. And then Juice and then Xavier. I mean, it, the, the, this program, we've always worried about that. 
I think, because there's been so many superstar receivers that have left, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that have gone on to the NFL and they're good. So how do you replace those guys? Well, they always do. Uh, it happens. Um, I would feel more comfortable with one more just because I, if it's going to be by committee, you know, you've got to be, uh, you know, you got to have more than just one or two options. You got to have three pretty good ones. And, and I think they can get there. I mean, it, I don't know what exactly the combination will be, but they, they got to get, they'll, they can get there, you know, and I think that, uh, Great. I think they'll be fine. I mean, it'll be good to go with it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, I mean, they've brought in a lot of experience. There's no doubt about that. I, I'm always a fan of having the one guy on the team. Like, you don't, I don't get caught up in the height of players. I mean, we watched Steve Spurrier's offense 2013, 2014. I mean, how many, did they have a bunch of 6'4 and 6'5 guys out there running around? Or was I watching the wrong team? Not like the Smurfs from uh, from the Redskins back in the day. Like, I don't get, I don't get too caught up in all that. I mean, but it, but it is nice to see a guy who's got a little bit of size uh, go up and get it. So I, I don't. I just don't know. I don't know if they have that or not. It's out of this group. I have no idea. Well, you got to make Nick, Nick Harbor and that guy. I mean, that's uh, right. That's, well, that's the be plan, the guy. right? You know, that's got to be the guy. And you know, who knows who could get in the spring that, that kind of fits that mold as well. That's what I would go target is a guy that's about six three, six four that can go up and get it. Um, just because, like the, the smaller guys you got, you you, you kind of stock with those because you not only got the guys you brought in, but you got Kelton Henderson as well coming back. You know, Elijah Colwell's not small, but he's not huge. Uh, Tyshawn Russell's a slot guy. So you got a lot of those littler, faster, quicker dudes. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for that. But also you can use your tight ends <laughs> to do that too. Uh, you know, you can scheme them, scheme up Josh Simon or Michael Smith on a on a jump ball. Um, but that's, uh, that's just kind of how it is, uh, you know, and how it's evolved and, I'm one at receiver. I always will, you know, and it's probably because of South Carolina because I think Steve Spurrier Jr. and Brian McClendon both, when they missed in recruiting, they got obsessed with size, and mm-hmm. the guys that they brought in just could not run. They were right. slower than molasses, right. and that can get you beat quicker than not having size at receiver. Yeah, you know, it'd be great if everybody had Alabama's or Ohio State, Alabama from a few years ago or Ohio State right now. It'd be great if everybody had those guys, but everybody or Clemson when they had Bross and Higgins and you know those guys. But as we've all found out, that that's that that, that happens every now and then, not not often. Um, so if you ask me, would, would I rather have size or speed? I, I'm, I'm gonna go with speed if that's my choice because I, I don't. I've seen too many receiving cores just look like dog doo doo around here uh, because guys that they recruited were bigger. And they look good in high school, but then they got here and they put on 30 pounds and couldn't run. And, and so, they, and then those guys, you can't even move their position. I mean, it's like, they, maybe you can grow one into a tight end, maybe, you know, but, you know, usually if you're a receiver, you're not really wanting to go play defensive back, you know, and, and if, if you're, you know, and this is just no way, to, nowhere to even put them on special teams. It's, it's tough. I mean, you miss at that spot. It's uh, it's not pretty. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a speed guy at receiver. I've always felt like that's more, the better way to win. And um, you know, a lot of times was, you know, I've seen five eleven guys. Sha Smith jumps up, and makes made a whole lot of plays while he's here. Juice Wells isn't, but six feet. How many times did he leap up over the opposing defensive backs and, and make big plays? So, 
you know, you mm-hmm. don't have to necessarily be six four to be that guy. Now, like I'm with you though. I don't know. Um, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that I can name the guy right now. But uh, no, yeah, so we'll see. I don't think anybody can. I, I mean, I, I, I think that this. I mean, you're you're going to walk into the spring with these three transfers, right? And then you've got DeBron Gatling and Mazio Bennett. They're both in early enrollees, correct? So. So those those are five new faces, and then you will go to the guys that have been here, and uh, certainly Nick Harbor. Now he'll be running track, but he'll also be out there at spring practice. He's on a football scholarship, so he's he's going to have to play football in the spring, and he will. Um, and then you look you look around from there. Yep, where are we missing here? Peyton Mangrum, Elijah Caldwell, um, Tyshawn like Russell. Peyton, as you, I like Peyton Mangrum a lot. You know, yeah. Tyshawn. Yes, yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned getting separation. Tyshawn actually, the separation wasn't really a problem with him last year. It was he just dry, got the drops, got the yips. Hands. Yeah, man, he would have walked that game against Missouri. Would have walked in. through a beautiful. And he ran a beautiful pattern. Yeah. He just dropped. He would have walked in the end zone. I mean, right. he, well, that's what excellent route running also is one thing that is pivotal create to creating yeah. separation on the field. So and you can like, teach that. Just, you can teach. Yeah, that. You, you can teach that. Yeah, if you got a quick guy, you know, some of these guys that go out there and, and have a lot of quicks, you can you can teach them the art of route running, which will allow them to separate. And then you can always throw one open with a good QB, which Carolina feels like they have behind center this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Lenore Sellers can throw the football. I mean he's not mm-hmm. he, he's not nobody's gonna throw it like Spencer. Okay, no. just to let yeah. you guys know, Rattler Rattler made some throws at times where you were like, holy! I mean I've never seen anything like it here at this program. I mean he he was special in that regard. But Lenore has a good arm and he's accurate. I mean and you know I, I don't I don't think there's gonna be this Titanic step back in the passing game just because you have Lenore Sellers back there. And not Rattler. Now he's not going to be Rattler, so I'm not saying that. But uh, he uh, he did it. Let me answer some of these questions, guys, because they've been building. Well, Shakai think, Moore is not. Oh, yeah, let's back. Yeah, we're, let's, about to, we're yeah. at a break, so let's. Oh, we're yeah, at break. Let's, let's yeah, not. Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even yeah, look yeah, at the yeah. clock, so fellas. Yeah, hold on. Hold I'm on. My, that's that's my, what we're here for. I'm <laughs> in my own world here, just like slinging scoop, man. Slinging the scoop, scoop. Yeah, don't don't worry. Scoopy poopy. We've been keeping an eye on it. Um, yeah. but, uh, that concludes the, uh, portal hall of the weekend for Gamecock football. So, mm-hmm. Pretty good one. Pretty good one. That's fine. Yeah. That was uh, what, 15, 16 guys. Now. Yeah. 15, I, 16. I think I saw this morning when you put that, um, put that overall team ranking together the, from the, the recruit to the recruiting and transfer class. Uh, I think it's got them right there at 18th. Yeah, 30, 31 new guys. So fifteen from the portal right now, and Man. sixteen from high school. So it's a, it's going to be a new roster next year. A lot of new faces. Crazy. Eleven teams are in front of them in those rankings that they will play consistently either in the SEC or Clemson. Crazy. All right, timeout. Hour three coming up. National championship. We'll answer your questions and more here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoco. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. 
And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker, Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game Pops. With a little love and some tenderness, we'll walk upon the water, we'll rise above the mist with a little peace. And some harmony We'll take the world together We'll take them by the hand All right, final hour here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome back, built by the Barndo Co. and always served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. You can find it on the Chief Sports app by clicking the Chicken Cock Challenge, and that'll take you wherever you need to go. Just type in your address, Chicken Cock, serving us here on ITG, of course, part of Grain and Barrel Spirits. And if you haven't had Dixie Vodka before, you are certainly missing out. Uh, Dixie Vodka is the only vodka that I keep in my house. If that means anything to anybody, it's phenomenal stuff. And um, 
I won't tell anybody what I mix it with because if I was that means anything to anybody. <laughs> if anybody, that's right. anybody actually gives it. Tixie uh, vodka. It's all I keep in my house. If that means anything. To mm-hmm. It means something to me, JB. If anybody something. actually gives a, you know what? That's anyway, right. How about that? Um, tonight, the national championship will be played in Houston, Texas. We'll uh, we'll talk about this game coming up here in just a little bit. Washington and Michigan. Are we at the point where we can just say this is a Big Ten matchup, or or no? We have to. I'm still so getting the Pac-12 credit for this year. Yeah, yeah, I think right. it deserves credit. Yeah, in its final year, and I, I hope Washington wins. I'm pulling for Washington. I, think I mean, but if if it was Texas in there, would would the SEC be? Yeah, I mean, I think SEC people were about to go. Oh, it's an all SEC championship game. If it had been Texas and Bama, tickets would have been like thousands of dollars more. I mean. I feel bad for some Texas fans because I know those jokers and, and and Alabama too. I know they they gobbled up those tickets before thinking they were going to win, and now they got to unload them probably for a lot less. I mean, not that not that it won't be a sellout in Michigan and Washington will travel well. I mean, this is this is uh, the Huskies haven't won and they shared a national title in '91 with Miami because of the Rose Bowl. So thank the Rose. Have you ever seen the Rose Bowls bad for college football? Um. And then uh, 94, 97, Michigan shared it with Nebraska. And I'm still convinced that Nebraska team would have opened up a can of whoop arse on that Michigan team that barely beat who? Arizona State, Washington State, somebody like that in the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah. And then uh, I think Nebraska played Peyton Manning in Tennessee and beat him about 42 to 14 in the Orange Bowl. It wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the biggest misjustice in the poll I've ever seen in my life. I'm, I'm convinced it's just because there are a lot of Michigan journalism grads out there. But uh, there was no question that that Nebraska team was better. So Michigan hasn't really, in my mind, won a national championship ever. And I think Miami would have whipped Washington, a new one in 91. So to me, in my mind, these guys are looking for their first ones in quite some time. I, I don't know what happened before, you know, 86 when I started following it. But uh it should be it should be a good one, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you this. I think that uh, I've I've doubted Michigan all year. I doubted them against Ohio State. I doubted them against uh, Alabama. I'm not doubting them anymore. That's a damn good football team, and I think they roll tonight. I do. I, I mean, in my heart, would I love to see Washington win it? Yes, because it's somebody different, and it's somebody that that blows a gigantic black hole in all these you know, blue chip ratio theories and recruiting theories and all that good stuff. And around here, we need to cling to that, right? That there's hope. And so for, to me, yes, I'd love to see Washington win, but all year long, like an idiot, I've doubted my boy, Jim Harbaugh. I've doubted the Wolverines and they've proved me wrong time and time again. And my buddy, my personal trainer, the reason I'm fat now, cause I'm not, he's, he's in Greenville, <laughs> the hammer, Jay Hammerbacher. If you're out there, go blue, buddy. I hope you mm. take it home tonight. He's a huge Michigan fan. I hadn't told him since last year, Clemson-Carolina game, because he doesn't like Clemson at all because he's stuck in Greenville. And uh, Carolina beat Clemson, and then Michigan beat Ohio State. We text. He's like, hey, what a great day, dude, bro. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm just making gains. This dude was unbelievable. Played at Citadel. Played football at Citadel. So a great guy. Um, so shout out to him and uh, all that good stuff. So I uh, – I, I, you know, I got reasons to hope Washington wins, but I've, I've, I've doubted Michigan all year, and I just, I just don't have any more reasons to doubt them. No, no way. I'm with you. I think Michigan. But I'm, I'm in my heart, 
you know, hammer us, the hammer aside, you know, he could, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see Washington win it just from a, a, a work standpoint and stuff we can talk about again, but that's, uh, that's it. But yeah, there's a lot of talk about Lenore Sellers right now in the, in the chat box as well. Um, but yeah, I got some questions to answer if that's okay. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, Nanner so, Sports so, chat box is open alive and well. Yeah. And then I missed some questions. I, I try to, I try to write them down because we have to wait till like a flow in the show. I can't just, and I, and I I'm trying to not do that anymore because I have a bad habit of just changing the subject when I see a question because <laughs> I'm ADD. Uh, so I'll write them down now so I can get to them. Moore is not coming back. Um, and I haven't done the math. I haven't looked at this COVID year and all that, but my understanding is he's not coming back. Just probably that's it with him. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Elijah Caldwell, somebody asked about uh, the reports in the preseason last year. That was from like workouts. Like, okay, so in other words, he and Spencer Rattler and the DBs and, and the receivers all get together and play seven on seven before pads. And my understanding is once it got to pads, is a different, he was a different Elijah Caldwell. So, and some guys, that's why they redshirt because they're not ready to go handle the physicality of the game at this level and things like that. Uh, so the hope is, is that that potential carries over and he gets better in pads and all that good stuff. And I'm, I certainly wouldn't count him out. I mean, he's an in-state receiver. Those guys tend to pan out pretty well um, on that note. All right. And then somebody said, Kelton Henderson. Well, uh, here's, have you heard this before? Oh, he got hurt. Kelton got hurt early uh and then just uh red shirts definite red shirt since then he's a guy that they like i mean he could he can he's got some um wiggle and elusiveness and some things you guys will probably really like about him uh when he gets on the field and hopefully he's healthy and ready to roar that receiver uh this spring because i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be you know you can basically justin steps basically gonna line up all these guys as even and let them battle it out for for snaps so that's that's probably going to be a quite a competition uh, there with uh, everybody they've got. Yeah, boy, there's no doubt about that. That's, I mean, that position in the spring, JC, wide receiver. Actually, you know what's unique about this? Uh, in Quattro, I saw the baseball question. I'll get to it, buddy. I, I I'll, I'll get to it certainly. Um, you know what's unique is the running back position. Be a lot. I, I, had a, I had a friend call me yesterday talking about a lot of this stuff, JC, and he said, yeah, so it's going to be Rocket and then the guy from North Texas. Uh, so there's going to be – and then they'll probably redshirt the guy from South Carolina State. I said, whoa, where'd you get that information from? Ah, it <laughs> knew, sir. Don't, 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 don't start writing off Jawan Howell at all, at all, actually. As a matter of fact, I won't be shocked at all to see this kid get as many, if not more, snaps than all these other dudes in the spring. Uh, he's gonna. He's good, and they like he's him really for a re- he's really good, really good. Um, so you've got that group, JC. The, the offensive lines. It's essentially returning everybody. I know that Jakai's not, and and Nick G is is gone, but but everybody else is back. And then you're adding all these freshmen. It's going to be a heck of a competition. You mentioned the wide receiver room. Um, uh, I, I don't know how much of a competition is is that tight end, but we'll find out. I, I know there's a bunch of young guys who came last year. You mentioned Michael Smith. There are two clear cut guys, though, in, in, the way that it stands today with with Hunt and with Josh Simon. And then on the defensive side, they brought in these defensive tackles, right? Experienced dudes. They return experienced dudes. They brought in these linebackers, experienced dudes. They return experienced dudes. And then they've got a bunch of dudes that are going to be competing to play in the secondary, including. 
uh, two former All-Americans uh, who are going to be looking to hang on to their spots. And, you know, Nick Emawari and D.Q. Smith. Jalon Kilgore is another one, right, who just named All-Americans. So there's three. And then they got to figure out what – so here, what, what am I saying here? With the exception of quarterback right now uh, and, and possibly tight end, right, name a position that doesn't have fierce competition in the spring. It's, yeah. it's neat that they've developed that. They Boy, do they need it. Even at safety, um, you know, you mentioned Nick and DQ, but, you know, you got Kilgore there. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? All three of those guys probably need to be on the field. Peyton Williams is back after kind of redshirting last year. Uh, you know, David Spalding's an interesting player to me. Uh, people talk about corner. That guy could play corner. You know, he, he's a guy that is good enough in coverage to play corner. He could play all three spots. I don't know that he was ever healthy last year. I saw him like one, two plays a game. So I, I don't know what – and I need to check up on him. Um, and then corner is going to be interesting because O.D. Fortune is back. He needs to take another step and get better, which he can. Lots of players come through this program. And, I mean, Darius Rush is a good example of that. Uh, so is Cam Smith, for that matter. Uh, Cam Smith's career at Carolina started badly. He redshirted, and then the first year in 2020, all those mistakes he made against Tennessee, my goodness. And uh, – then got into the Missouri game after everybody quit. And, oh, lo and behold, Cam's pretty good. There you go. Um, and Torian Gray's good at coaching those guys up. Vicari Swain, is he a guy that can come start at corner as a redshirt freshman? Will Jalua Solomon start at corner? Uh, is he that good? You know, there's a question there. What about Judge Collier? He got a lot of good snaps last year. Played well, I thought. The next in-state DB, right? Um, so corner is going to be a very interesting uh, spot. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see maybe if they don't slide David Spalding back to that position to give them another veteran uh, out there, assuming he's healthy. Uh, so that's interesting. You know, you mentioned tight end. I, I think uh, Hunt versus Simon is going to be a battle. And I think mm -hmm. you're probably Dallas probably going to find a way to play both of them quite a bit. He should. How much longer does it take to learn that Josh Simon can play football? You know what I mean? Like, kid no. needs to play. He's really yeah, I, good. I didn't mention Emory Floyd in that corner group. Yeah, and Floyd played some last year. And uh, I think he, he, he's got, he got better between first and second year, and he's going to take another step. Can we stop on him real quick? Sure. Let's stop on him for a second. I, I'm a big fan of his. Um, and, and uh, you know, got a pretty good source in that building who is a – they really like this kid. I, I think he's been forgotten a little bit, JC. He's a dude that when the when the JC Sherberts and the well, we, Whittle's already said he's not going to write a damn thing about football. So it's going to be up to you and and um, and what's the other guy's name? Tony Tony Morrill. Was that his name? Tony Morrill. I'm just kidding. Tony Morelli. Uh, call him Morelli. <laughs> when when you and Tony and Hale and you, you here in a couple couple few weeks really start getting into the. Um, getting into the spring previews and talking about players and this and the other. Uh, Emory Floyd is a guy in the secondary that I'm really anxious to see play and hear about in March and April. He, he's a he's a little bit of a taller corner, right? He's about 6'1", 185, 190 pounds. That's where Torian likes him. Uh, and he's got some talent, and he's coming off his redshirt freshman year, so he's been around for a little while. You talk about depth at the other positions and things like that. He, he's one that I personally have circled. Yeah, uh, he and Swain both are very Swain. intriguing. Yeah. Floyd was a four-four guy, mm -hmm. a speed guy coming out. Um, he was real skinny, so we kind of knew, you know, he's going to take a little bit. So was Cam Smith, for that matter. 
Uh, but you're right. You know, somebody mentioned long arms can move. He's get stronger. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, Judge, whereas Judge was more thick and physically able to go out there and play earlier. And I use this comparison all the time because I try to tell people this, and you know, it's hard to get people to listen sometimes. Like when Jamie Robinson and Cam Smith came in, they were in the same class. And I said, well, Jamie Robinson has a higher floor. And what I mean is Jamie Robinson can get on the field early and because he's physically ready to go. Cam has a higher ceiling. And what happened? Cam redshirted, and Jamie Robinson's out there breaking up a pass. The Gamecocks can beat Georgia as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to draft day, and Jamie was, what, a six-round pick out of FSU, and uh, Cam was third, second. So Cam mm-hmm. had the higher ceiling. And and so that's, you know, when you talk about a wise Judge Collier playing in front of Emory Floyd, I would say Judge has the higher floor, but Emory's probably got the higher ceiling. Same with Vakari Swain. Um who now look now, and there's some people that agree with me on this, and it just didn't happen. If Vicari was going to be the sixth corner this year, uh, once everybody started going down at receiver, once Amari and Brown got hurt at receiver, I may have thrown him on offense for a little while. That, that, that I may have done that, and they didn't. So that may, have, but I don't think he goes there full time. Um, I think that you know he's, and, and the reason is this: in practices and things, that towards the end, he was balling out at corner. So that's what they wanted him to be, and that's what he looks like he's going to be. And then don't forget, they're they're super duper high on Jalua Solomon, um, you know. Uh, and as far as why they didn't target a corner uh, in the portal, I was talking to Bill King about this, and he's absolutely right because we were talking about a position that if they found a great one, they would go, but they don't want to just take a body. And he's like, there are not very many good corners in college football. And, you know, Bill's a Tennessee guy, so he watches Tennessee a lot and watches the SEC a lot. And and they're right. It's hard. You know, that's a, that's a tough – there are not that many elite corners out there, you know. And, and, and so if you can grow what you got, I think that's kind of the strategy. Don't just take a body to take it, you know. Just go and, and, and if you got – like the guys you have, go ahead and um, go ahead and coach them up. Now, that's not to say if there's a really good corner that came along – that they liked that they would not jump all over uh, because you're always looking to upgrade everywhere. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, I think that when you kind of dig into who, who they have returning, you know, I think, you know, as you mentioned, Floyd and Swain and judge and O'Donnell fortune, I mean, that's four right there. And then you, you bring it in Solomon behind them and, you know, who knows what will happen with Spalding. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um. We had a question earlier about the running back coach position. We got a timeout coming up in just a second, and then we'll slide into that. One of the names that has kind of been leaked out, kind of, uh, Newland Isaac, the running backs coach up at um, at Liberty. And you might, some of you might be wondering what's going on with who? Who is he? First of all, if you don't know, why is he even a name? And Wait a second. What about Jimmy Smith at Arkansas? I thought that was a slam dunk and this and the other. So I will get into that coming up here uh, in just a little bit. uh, Not to uh, slide this thing totally off the rails here. Quantrell had asked earlier about baseball attendance. Um, So baseball attendance goes off of tickets sold. Uh, Quantrell, Gamecocks are pretty comfortable with their ballpark at 8,200. But – in the SEC, generally, depending on how big your ballpark is, is how many people are going to walk through it. So, you know, those ones that are in front of them are all SEC teams, bigger bigger stadiums, things like that. 
that's pretty much why. Um, but uh, Carolina, they potentially could add some seats down the road. They built that ballpark to be able to do so. But um, they'll always be in the top five, top ten, you know, somewhere in there from an attendance standpoint. So good question. But um, uh, it really comes down to facilities and what you can and can't hold during those. Like last year when they were really good, if they could hold 10,000, they would have had 10,000 in there uh, during the SEC run and things like that. Um, I don't think that uh, – oh, uh, one one more question here uh, on the on the strength and conditioning coach. This was uh, earlier, JC. Again, we'll talk about the running back stuff in a little bit. Any word on a new strength and conditioning coach? Last I saw, there was not an opening for a strength and conditioning coach in South Carolina. No, they're already working out. <laughs> I mean, you know, they've been working and they worked out before Christmas. They've worked out after Christmas. I, I would have thought if something were to happen that perhaps it would have, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I think, I do think this, I, I think that this team is get stronger, you know, and I'm not saying that they failed to do that last off season, but I, you know, when you watch them play last year, there's certain guys that you think, should have made a bigger jump strength-wise. That's not all coaching. You know, sometimes that's individual motivation. Sometimes it's a guy watching his diet. You know, sometimes, I mean, it's just a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things that go into that. But but I do think there's going to be a focus on getting this team stronger this offseason. Maybe a renewed focus, if you will. Uh, You know, so I, I, I never really thought that, there would be a strength coach change once we got past, you know, early December where, you know, it didn't make any sense, you know, because you, you start winter program right away. So, mm-hmm. um, and they've started it now. So I don't, I don't, you know, if it did, it'd be kind of an unprecedented timing because you bring in a new guy, he's got a new program. What do you, you start all over? I mean, I, that would, that would be weird to me, but, we're in a weird time in college football, so I don't discount anything. But uh, I think that uh, – and, and you look, man, you know, Luke Day's got a guy that strength coached in the NFL for years and Chip Morton. He's got the guy from Arkansas that was the strength coach out there as a staff. And they got a good and staff. Jamel Walker. Jamel Walker. I mean, I just don't um, – I mean, they got guys that know what they're doing. I mean, I, I think that uh, – I just think the bottom time is um, – bottom line is – you know, get stronger. And Sonder, no, man, look, I'm look, I'm not a track guy. So I don't know much about it. If I could, I'd, I'd be ignorant if I talked about it. I know they like the guy they hired to head the program for the first time in a long time, but man, I, I just, that, that's, that's just nice out of my wheelhouse. And I would, I would sound like a buffoon if, if I started talking track and field, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is uh 122 it's national championship monday love chevrolet drives inside the gamecocks the show we love love chevy if you're in the market for a new ride love chevy.com in the midlands but serving all of south carolina uh yes sc sick out guy florence county uh schools tomorrow are on e-learning if you if you've got young ones in the uh, school system here in South Carolina, I would suggest pay attention closely. The weather tomorrow is going to be brutal with what is coming across the southern portion of the U.S. right now, and um, I know Charleston County, Hampton County, uh, Dorchester County, Berkeley County, Horry County, Williamsburg, I believe, uh, Clarendon County, uh, maybe even Florence County at this point in time. I mean, there's all right. We just mentioned Florence. Um, 
quite a few Georgetown County. Everybody is moving to uh, canceling classes uh, with some really terrible weather coming. Sixty plus mile an hour winds and tornadoes, horrible thunderstorms, and this, that, and the other. So if you haven't looked, and we're your uh, your your daytime entertainment, we'll also be your daytime weather guy or gal. Now check that out for tomorrow, January the 9th. It's supposed to get pretty nasty here on the coast. I got a story about school when we get back. It's funny. A story about school. Yeah, something happened this morning. It's hilarious. All right. Uh, Also, who is Newland Isaac? Gamecock's in the market for a new running back coach. Could he be the dude? I don't know. We'll fill you in on who that is and more here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Gamecock Traditions, South Carolina's elite retailer for anything Gamecock related. The best selection for basketball, baseball, football, tailgating, kids stuff, and everything else. If it's got the Gamecock logo, it's got to be at Gamecock Traditions. Most importantly, they ship it to your doorstep. Order online at GamecockTraditions.com where there's always a sale. Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com. A tradition unlike the others. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. The 2 is sent to center. And this one is going to be long gone. 
Shot the opposite field from Casas, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Frankfurt looks up, and it's gone. It is coming soon, 39 days until the Gamecocks take the field at Founders Park. They will be a top 15 program when they do, at least by one publication. That's from Perfect <clears throat> Perfect Game last week, 13th in the nation. Uh, I'll bet you they the rest will fall in line, D1 baseball and beyond. Can't wait. Next month, Carolina baseball back on the field. JC, JB, and Phil. Yeah, it does. Seems like it? yesterday – Watching the Super Regionals. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> Time flies. But, hey, I love it during baseball season around here because uh, there's other people that can talk about the sport. I just listen and I'm like a sponge. I love it. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, that's my, um, you know, you know how I feel about it. So, can't wait and uh, can't wait to, to get Coach King back in here soon and, uh, have Coach Lake back on every week in the whole nine yards. Looking forward to our Gamecock baseball celebration to open the year, as we do. So, excited about all that. Harrison, the D1 poll will come out January the 17th. January the 17th is when D1 will release theirs. And I, I'm with you. I, I put a lot of stock into the D1 baseball poll. And uh, appreciate those guys for what they do, no doubt. Uh, before we get into the future of the running back coaching position at South Carolina, JC wanted to go into the Wayback Machine. Actually, no, he was just talking about school drop-off this morning. So, uh, when you first said I got a story about school, I thought you were going to tell us one of your sixth-grade basketball stories. But uh, since it has to do with this morning and the drive-thru line, Phil has agreed to unmute your mic. Sixth grade was a heartbreaking year because I played for First Baptist Church in Spartanburg. and We played uh, Jimmy Zuber's team, St. Paul's Methodist, in the finals. We went undefeated the whole year, lost in that championship game. The teams I played at a DR Hill were not very good. I think we went two and 13, seventh grade, and eight and seven. Law got upset by my crack in, in the first round of the tournament. But anyway, so this morning, the Moose, who you guys got to meet, he yeah. did a great job walking his mom down the aisle. Cool kid, you know. He's the one that takes an hour to get his hair done every morning. So he gets up, and everybody's late getting up. I even slept in this morning. If you guys noticed, you didn't get an email from me at 430. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I just slept in today. I was like, it's snowing. It's miserable outside. I was just like, I'm, it's just like a bear hibernating. He gets up, and, and, and she goes, Cole, why didn't you get up? Because this one's up and ready to go. And, uh, and so he goes, because I don't want to. And she's like, well, fine, your ass is staying home. Yeah, she's like, fine. You well, oh, really? You didn't want to? Okay, you're staying home. And so her and the oldest one get in the car and slam the door and all this. And she drops the oldest one off, and she notices there's not a lot of cars in the parking lot. Thought she was just late. Gets a call from the oldest one. Oh, Mom, you know, we don't have school today. Can you come back and pick me up? <laughs> no. so, so the moose during that point in time said, hey, Mom, you know we don't have school today, right? <laughs> So she thought he was just like going to play hooky or whatever. And it wasn't. It turns out he was the smartest one in the house because uh, the rest of us thought they had school. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, they have these random little teacher and service days and they have a uh, cashmere Pulaski day up here. It's like some 
freedom fighter that they mm-hmm. honor. Uh, and then some Monday, you know, so get these random Mondays off school up here, but uh, never for snow because there's about a foot on the ground right now and they weren't calling it off for snow like they do down south. So anyway, Ooh. that's uh, that's the deal there. And yeah, Sonder again, I'm sorry about track, man. If you, if you like track, I, I apologize. I just... I wouldn't know. I know hundred meter because that kind of, that's a football evaluation tool, and sometimes shot put and long jump is. But it just—I never got into it. And I apologize, man. I just—I can't be. We can't be all things to all people. But uh, you're a great listener, and we appreciate you. And and now you want to talk about the running backs coach? So let's talk about that. Yeah, the um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Clearly, Jimmy Smith's a name that I mean, and he's not as far as I understand, JC Jimmy. Nobody said Carolina isn't hiring Jimmy Smith. They haven't said they're hiring anybody. I don't know that you write his name off, but a name that has emerged in this, at least as a candidate or a potential candidate, to be the next running backs coach at South Carolina's Newland Isaac. Those who wonder just who is Newland Isaac, well, he knows the area quite well. He's from Hopkins, South Carolina, played football at Charleston Southern, and then began his coaching career in 2009 at North Greenville follow along here delta state back to or back home to charleston southern where he played albany state coastal carolina now at liberty anybody know who's been kind of following along jamie chadwell yeah uh, he played for coach chadwell when he was at csu and then ultimately has been coaching with him at multiple stops since um it uh at uh, north greenville and then at charleston southern and then at Coastal, and now uh, at Liberty. So um, he is their running backs coach. He is also their co-offensive coordinator, and, and he works pretty closely with Jamie when it comes to that style of offense and those type of things. Uh, JC, I, he's a new name. Uh, I, I would venture a guess that most probably had no idea who he was, if you even heard of his name. Probably had to look it up, and then you started to connect the dots that, that he is literally – knows this state inside and out he, he's lived in all all nooks and crannies of it um and um so certainly a guy to keep an eye on i think so i, I think there's uh there's a couple things you know sometimes your best recruiters when you hire them are not your proven recruiters i think we found that out during the Muschamp era here Sometimes it's the guy that's hungry that's on a that gets a chance at like like Lonnie Teasley quite frankly who's got a chance at a bigger platform to go sell and he does it, you know, like Sterling Lucas, Sterling Lucas and Lonnie Teasley have done a great job recruiting for this. And they, they'd never done it before, before they walked in the door, you know, so I'm, I'm not so much concerned about that. Um, am I a Jimmy Smith makes a whole lot of sense guy? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of he's reasons. He's from South Carolina, right? <laughs> yeah. He's from Darlington. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I, I have not followed up enough to know if there's a glitch there or if Shane's just interviewing a lot of different people like he did last time uh, or like he did when there was the, the defensive um, defensive ends job. Now, he did not interview a lot of people. We found out about the OC. You know, we kind of locked in on Loggins, and that was that. What's kind of intriguing about it is this. Okay, so Loggins as an OC, he's a, kind of a sponge, right? If you look through his playbook, my understanding is – You'd see a little bit from the pros that he took. You'd see a little bit from Mike Yurchitz at Penn State. You'd see a lot from Kendall Browse. You'd see some from here, there, and another. 
he kind of steals and begs and borrows and patches it all together. Uh, and, and like the kids mentioned to us at the event and then in the fall, you know, and even Dowell said it, he's put in a ton of stuff. Like they, they put in more plays than Marcus Satterfield does, but then he narrows it down in the season mm-hmm. to what they do best. Past year, you know, there there was they never looked at any point, even when the offense was sputtering, like they were trying to do too much or they were confused or what. They were just getting beat, quite frankly, especially up front. Um, so if you're thinking, well, Jamie Chadwell's got this great offense, and he does, and and I I don't believe for a minute that it would not would not work as is in the SEC at at certain places if he had the personnel. If you believe that, um. And I do believe that. And and you're kind of looking at personnel that the Gamecocks have. And you're kind of thinking, hmm, adding some of those concepts into the run game maybe maybe pretty solid, you know. And and then you look at who the OC is, and, and the OC is a guy that's adaptable and, and and versatile and likes other ideas and is is a sponge, basically. Mm-hmm. And you're like you're a little bit intrigued by it. Cause I'm like, hey, I've watched Co- I've watched Coastal and now Liberty, and that, that offense is they got some. They got some And uh, you look at who you got at quarterback, the running back, and you're like, "Hmm, that could be very interesting and intriguing." Now I don't know if that's the plan, but knowing what I know about Dallas Loggins and how he approaches things, and, and knowing that this guy's been Chadwell's right hand man and co coordinator, probably knows a thing or two about what they run. Uh, I can, I can, I can p- picture a world where. You know that the, the, some of that stuff gets in, implemented, uh, especially in the run game. You know, which uh, I mean, I think I think the run game could have used more creativity last year, but I don't think that's why it didn't go very far. I think it's just simple out on blocking physical problems. Uh, and so, I hope you don't have. You know, so so that that caught my eye with this guy is like, okay, so I, I think he'll be able to recruit. He's an in-state guy. He's probably hungry for a bigger platform. Um, but how does he impact, does he impact the offense at all? Yeah. The plan will be for next year. If indeed he is the hire. So that's a, that's a, that's a thing there, you know, and it's, that's why that's intriguing to me. It, 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 uh, JC, you're kind of, you're going in and out a little bit too, uh, with, um, with your (sighs) North Korean internet up there, but, um, but yeah, I, no, to your, we largely understood what you were trying to say. Yeah, you're, back you're good. You're good. Yeah. 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 And I, and I, and I agree. You know, a couple of notes here too. Um, uh, in 2021, this guy, and again, guys, he's a name who has, who has come up. I uh, don't know if he's going to be hired or not. I, I don't know. I, I know nothing about it. Uh, we all are able to kind of poke around and pry around as much as we can. But if you, if anybody's learned anything about anything, all three of us and pretty much anybody else we put on the air here, unless it's Shane himself, we're going to be lying if we look at you and tell you that we know what's going on. And anybody thing you read on the message board is a lie too, because there's about three people that know what Shane Beamer's thinking, and he's one of them. I don't even know that Emily is one of the three. Uh, he keeps this stuff very, very close to the to the vest. But to to give you a little, there are those who will come back and hear this later on in podcast form or something like that, and go, "Why? Here we go again. Going to hire somebody else? Is this it? All right, well." In 2021, he was the AFCA FBS Assistant Coach of the Year. He was a Broyles Award nominee. 
That was at Coastal Carolina. All right. I mean, so, you know, he, he's a, that doesn't just happen. And especially, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but especially when you're at Coastal or places like Coastal, you know what I mean, Phil? Like, generally, those guys come from Oklahoma and Alabama and Clemson and Carolina and where, wherever else. Like, he's a dude who has he, – he, he found somebody that he was comfortable with and Jamie Chadwell, who's been very successful as a head coach. And he's kind of ridden his coattails, so to speak, which is what a lot of guys try to do. Um, you, but you go back and look at Coach Beamer, for instance. What, what did Shane do? You know, he he bounced around to all these great coaches that he knew and uh, went a little bit of a different route, trying to learn some different things. You know, this cat here, for the most part, uh, has really kind of just stayed under the wing of Jamie Chadwell and he's been successful because of it. Now, I don't know if he's going to end up at South Carolina or not, but he's certainly a name that's being mentioned. Uh, you can go read the bio, and there's all kinds of things that have contributed to these offenses being pretty darn good over the last few years. You'd like to think that he's a large part of that as well, especially when you put those type of awards uh, on your resume. So he's not just a no-name guy. Going back to what J.C. said earlier about the kid from Alabama who committed over the weekend, Michael Goodman, uh, Goodwin, the lineman, or Aaron Parks, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma. Those guys might come in and be All-Americans for the Gamecocks. We have no idea. But you'll see, you'll see fans from time to time who are just excited just because they came from Oklahoma or Alabama. Well, that doesn't always mean that that's the best scenario even in coaching, right? So if this ends up being the guy, and you know, I don't know if he will or won't be, he's just a name that is very unfamiliar to folks because Jimmy Smith has gotten all the attention since the mm -hmm. running back coach position came available um there is some good background on this guy he's done some really nice things and he's from hopkins uh and being a a, a co-offensive coordinator right now as it stands today he's he's been in a leadership role and uh and all that matters to shane beamer as as we know so we'll see we'll see but it looks like they've got some good options yeah i think they'll make a good hire there i mean you know you think about it the guys shane's had to replace i mean a lot of times we here on the outside have our favorites, right? And and our favorites don't get it. So we're like, oh, well, I don't know. You know, and then they end up being pretty good. You know, Jody Wright ended up being pretty good at tight end as far as his recruiting goes. And Sterling Lucas, I mentioned him earlier, was not – did not have a track record in recruiting uh, like Christian Robinson did. But – Boy, he can recruit, can he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zulu and Nick Harbour and, uh, you know, he's he's done all right. You know, he's done all right. So, um, I don't know. You know, hey, Newland Isaac, uh, New, New, Noonan, New, hold on. Newland. Is, yeah, Newland. Newland. I believe. Newland Isaac. Newland Isaac. That's a, he's got a last name for a first name and a first name for a last name. So, he's like Lanning Spencer. Lanning Spencer. Yeah, it looks yeah. like, yeah, his name looks like a comma. Yeah. Isaac Lanning. Spurrier would, would mix this up. Like, Isaac Newland? Newland Isaac? It's Lanning Newland Spencer? Isaac? Lanning Spencer. No, yeah, I mean, look, you know, you just run him. And look, I, I'm intrigued by that. Possibly a little bit of that offense coming to Columbia. I, I'm in, especially run game wise. I'm, I'm intrigued by that a little bit. And like I said, that was the type of OC that would. He's not a an ego my system guy. He's a beg, borrow, steal, put it together. Yeah, let's put it together. Sh let's shake it, it up. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Shake it up, trimming down. Who gives a damn about how it sounds? I don't. That's right. If you don't know what song that's from, then clearly you are not in the 
church choir. Um, yeah, yeah. Special prep, was... Clint says. Yeah, I mean, run game wise. Yeah, you know. I'll... Yeah, I'm a, little, I, I'm a little bit intrigued by it. I'm a Jimmy Smith guy through and through. I mean, I've always thought that guy's a stud. No question about it. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and understand, look, I, hey, look, man, here's the thing, too. You know, Jimmy Jimmy Smith would be an excellent hire in South Carolina. If he has, and, and there might be other guys. I'm sure there are. I mean, knowing Shane Beamer, the way as thorough as he is with things, I doubt these are the only two dudes that he's talked to. I, You know, there's, there's no way. It's just impossible. So – um, we'll we'll see. Again, they keep it really close to the vest. But this cat I saw here just a minute ago, brewing in the in the Nana Sports chat box. He said uh, the dude is le- legit. It would also mix in a little different style with Dow, as you pointed out earlier. It's you know it's good to see that there are people that that recognize that. I mean, I I, I think it would be um, that it it seems like again we don't know. We never know. It just seems like this is one of those guys who falls into that category of looking for the chance, and then all of a sudden they become the dude, right? I mean, that's everybody gets a chance somewhere. The dudes, you don't just hire a dude. Someone's got to give him a chance first. Um, yeah. and, 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 and certainly Jamie has done that. But, I mean, at, at this type of level, being able to get out there and, and get your name well-known. and I'd be interested to see if he's also entertaining other offers, JC. I'm, I'm sure they've had calls about him. Yeah, I mean, and look up the road about guys getting a chance. I mean, Tony Elliott, wasn't Tony Elliott? I mean, he was a, I think he had one year of experience when Clemson hired him. Yep. Jeff Scott, yep. I mean, and I know things didn't work out for Jeff too well at South Florida. Um, all those guys, I mean, you know, and, and, and even at South Carolina, you know, the, the Will Muschamp did so much like himself. I think he almost did too much, to be honest. Uh, every big-time recruit Carolina got, you can thank Will for personally because he kind of took over their recruitment. Um, but the two guys on staff, even with Rivals.com National Recruiters of the Year coming, like Lance and BMAC joining the staff, two best recruiters were Bobby Bentley and, and, and arguably Eric Wolford and Mike Peterson. Uh, all those guys had, rec- had recruited one year in the SEC, and that was Wolf in 09. Mm-hmm. One year in the SEC combined. And then those were his best guys to go get players. Um, so it's not recruiting. It's not always about the big track record, especially at a place like South Carolina. Um, and I think we found that out during Muschamp too. There are a lot of guys at bigger places that had never been at a place like South Carolina. So they just thought they just walk in the door like they did everywhere else and sell it. And it was a hard sell. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think, I think a good thing too is where you're at. Now, do I think Jimmy Smith fits that? Yeah. He's been at Arkansas. There's not a lot of difference between Arkansas and South Carolina as far as going out and selling. In fact, Gamecocks are closer to more talent than Arkansas is. Um, unless you count the Dallas Metroplex, which, you know, but hey, there's Atlanta here. So I, I think, yeah, I think it'd be, you know, there's something to be said when you're talking about assistant coaches as far as fit goes. And I'm not talking about coordinators necessarily. I'm talking about your get on the ground, coach a position, go recruit guys. Um, and so this guy, you know, could be, you hope that he can. Because if there's a if there's a knock on Chadwell, it's that they weren't they weren't their programs at Coastal Charleston or wherever they they were like fine players and plug them in the system. They weren't necessarily let's go fight these recruiting crusades that you have to fight in the SEC. Yeah, that's been a knock on them. Um, but you hope that this guy embraces it and and gets it and and all that if he's the higher and, and you know chances are with his connections the fact he's from the state he's probably pretty well known and respected and can get it done so we'll see what happens 
Shane, if you're watching, uh, I know my opinion generally means not very much, but um, I hope you'll take this to heart here. If I'm a big beard guy, so if it really comes down to who's got the better beard, then this is your guy. He's got an excellent beard. Uh, it's it's a lot lot better than I could ever dream of having. Very well well manicured. It's got a nice little point there at the end. The, the whole thing just really just mm, brings it together, Shane. So if you're looking for the best bearded staff, probably going to need to go get this guy um, because outside of that, I don't know, I guess Travian or Jody is probably having to carry the weight right now, and, and those are scruffy at best. So uh, let's 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 give Newland Isaac a, a chance. All right, uh, Gamecock basketball, twenty nine votes, good enough for thirty fifth in the country in the latest top twenty five poll. Um, of course, Alabama's only got seven, so even if they go win tomorrow night in Tuscaloosa, the, the voters are very apprehensive to give Carolina a lot of credit right now. At the end of the day, quote unquote, who really gives a damn? Uh, but um, but uh, Carolina did receive 29 votes, which is 25 more than they received last week. Uh, just keep winning. Just keep winning. By the way, Clemson stays in the top 25 at 21, now 11 and three after a couple of losses in the ACC. But apparently they have done enough thus far for AP voters to stick right there. When, so, when, when in Alabama was big for the Tigers. Big for them. Uh, oh, well, then maybe it'll be big for Carolina. How about that? Hey, the Gamecocks are overdue against the Crimson Tide in basketball. It's it's just no uh, they are way, way overdue. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, Bobby Bentley, by the way, congratulations. Yes, tremendous. New head coach at Battleground Academy in Nashville. I got a call about this about three weeks ago from a guy that had some connections up there and just knew that they were looking at Bobby. And I was like, well, you know, you know him, and what do you think? I said, well, you can't hire anybody better at the high school level. So, uh, congratulations to him. I know they're going to love living. It's, that, that school's out in Franklin where I used to live. Beautiful place to live. I mean, outstanding. And I'm sure he's getting paid pretty well because those schools have a lot of money. So, I am happy for him uh, and Paulette and the whole family uh, getting a chance to go live in Middle Tennessee, where I lived seven years and enjoyed it. And I'm sure he will, too. And I'm sure Battleground – I don't know if, they, uh, if they're if they in Kimry's division or not. Mm. But I, I, I felt bad for Eric because I'm like, damn, now you got to go – in a couple of years, you're going to have to go win a state championship against Bobby Bentley. That's not going to be fun. But uh, <laughs> Baylor's been good an awful long time, so who knows. But uh, certainly very, very thrilled for Bobby Bentley to get a chance to, you know, to face a new challenge and, uh, you know, be sitting that head seat again because uh, he, he's a hell of a coach and a great person and can't say enough about it. You got that right. Uh, Bobby Bentley is a uh, class act. His entire family is as well. So congratulations to Bobby Bentley. As we head to our final quick timeout here, uh, thoughts and prayers with the family of Rick Duckett. Rick Duckett was mm. an excellent assistant coach for Dave Odom at the University of South Carolina. He was a part of the Gamecock men's basketball program from 2001 until 2008 uh he passed yesterday evening um he was born in 1957 rick duckett former gamecock assistant coach thoughts and prayers are with them uh, or with the gamecock basketball and with the duckett family and we will hit our final timeout when we return we'll make some picks on the uh, game tonight and give you a couple other little basketball nuggets as we send you on your way this now becoming windy Monday afternoon here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Five final segment here inside the Gamecocks, the show. Show seven straight guys. They've lost seven straight in T Town. Have you ever y'all ever been to Coleman Coliseum? I've walked past it. No. When you walk inside, like if you've had a if you've had a drink, or like if you drop acid or something like that. I'm just kidding. Actually, it probably well, would have the worst effect. Um, that's quickly. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> Another the parquet floor. Still the parquet floor out there. If you look up at the ceiling, you're like, ooh, it's like riding a roller coaster, man. Because the lines makes you sick to your stomach. By the way, we don't do drugs like that. I was just trying to come up with something that would catch everybody if they weren't Never. paying attention here at the end. 
So they've lost seven straight down there. Gamecocks actually haven't beat Alabama since the 2015-2016 season. That was in Columbia, and uh, Carolina was left out of the NCAA tournament that year. The last time that they got a win in T-Town was – I thought Carolina lost to them that year, JB. No, no, not in 15. Well, they did. They, they played twice, but then you, uh, you, yeah. you – Some teams you play twice each year. My bad. Yeah, um, okay. My bad. But they beat them in Columbia. They lost in Tuscaloosa. They have not won in Tuscaloosa since uh, Valentine's Day of 2009. That's 14 years, boys. 15, 15, 15 years. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's it's not like Alabama's been. I mean, wow. Nate Oates has raised the raised their program a lot, but before him, it was just like, I mean, Anthony Grant was there, didn't do. Avery Johnson was there, didn't do much. I mean, Mark Godfrey had some a nice run and then petered out at the end. I mean, they, uh, but hey, Carolina hadn't been that good either, so. I, mean, I, I just know Frank struggled. No matter who the coach was in Alabama, Frank struggled. Frank just couldn't beat him. No. Man. It was just like, wow, you know. So, uh, was, but hey, last year's game went right out of the wire in Columbia. So, I mean. It did. Yeah, it was an, it was an overtime loss. And, um, you know, Carolina looking to, to maybe build off of that. By the way, that 9 game, for those of you that maybe don't remember the game, this will probably remind you. Uh, it was Devin Downey. It was tied. Downey threw up a shot at the end. He had a pretty good shot, and he missed it. And um, they uh, – I can't remember who it was that tried to tip it in. I, I Probably probably Dominique Archie or somebody like that who was always around the rim. But ultimately, it was Mike Holmes that got the second or the third tip in as the buzzer sounded, and that's how they won the game. Y'all remember that? Mike Holmes tipped it in and started running down the court. Yeah. They had won the game. And uh, that's the last time they beat the Tide on their home floor. Pretty crazy. Yeah, a big opportunity. I mean, you need And, and you got to think there's going to be games like this. You know, there are some of these littered on the schedule here. And, you know, Carolina's got not just got to, but I think they actually will pull off a couple of these upsets on the road. I mean, I this team too. is – they play with the grit and determination they did, especially defensively, to be that, you know, just pestilent <laughs> as they were against Mississippi State, then, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to have some success. Craig says 71-60. Craig, I think they're going to need a little bit more than 71 tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, it might, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better you better score some points if you're going to walk into, into that joint and beat them tomorrow night. Um, but, uh, I mean, look, the- Carolina's defense is really good, I, but I, I, I don't think that they're going to hold – Alabama to 69 points. The infamous 17 game that went four overtimes in Columbia when Thornwell basically put the team on his back. Yeah. Gamecock still lost by four. Remember that game well. Absolutely. <laughs> There's just been a lot of bad games against these guys, man. And I don't I don't know. You know, it's just uh, yeah, Frank just couldn't beat him. <laughs> I don't know why. It's one of those mysteries of that era. But um, – you know, like I said, like it was a surprise last year that Lamont was close. So we'll see. I I, I think Alabama's battle tested. I think they're very good. Um, in the chat box, uh, somebody Great earlier talent. said that, that they they still are the favorite to win. I, I don't. I wouldn't come off of that. I mean, I, I still say they are probably the favorite to win the SEC. But 
you know, sometimes teams don't, mm. don't always play up to their potential and, and you go in there and they don't respect the name on the front of the jersey and uh, you hit a couple big shots. Heck, why not? Who knows? Heck, shoot. 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 I, uh, I believe. Hey, I get, well, hope you dance. I hope you dance, Lamont. I hope you dance, PJ. Remember, he's a spurred pulling out. I hope you dance. <laughs> you dance. He's in Florida. Hope you dance, Rexy. Hope you dance. All right. That was a Jerry Spurrier <laughs> idea. Hey, I like this Jerry. Easy on this Jerry. Oh, man. She's probably the best coach's wife in all of college football. In the history of college football. Probably. If you ask polled players, I mean, absolutely. She was, she was solid, man. That's why her name's on the practice facility. Yeah. Hey, Carol. Yeah. And rightfully so. She I've never heard anybody complain them. about that ever. No. And it's Man, first. People. It's the Jerry and Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. She gets top Miami, billing. Miami just, so Miami just signed a quarterback from Albany, right? And the Miami beat writer turned off the comments on Twitter. <laughs> it was that bad. Fans have lost their mind. And sometimes I have to look at things like that to go, hey, we got it pretty good around here. Compared, compared by comparison. I didn't realize that Miami had any fans. Good to hear. They do. They're all on Twitter, spread across. Yeah, the they're all on Twitter, and none of them live within thirty miles of the stadium. Mike Johnson's. I'm sorry, Mike Morgan is going to get destroyed by one of their fans one day if, if they actually care to listen to JC. There's not a lot of them, so he, he, one of these days, one of them is going to pick up on it, man. Because he he is just totally blunt about those guys. Mm. Quick, uh, huh? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. We'll, get, we'll get him to talk about it tomorrow, maybe. I'm gonna, there's a couple of schedule changes. You can go to the Game Guys online and check it out, but I'll, I'll mention this one publicly. In case you've got tickets to the Saturday Carolina-Clemson baseball game, which is on March the 2nd, that's been moved to a 4 o'clock first pitch. 4 o'clock first pitch. Uh, it was, I think, originally scheduled for 2. It's been moved to a 4 o'clock first pitch, and I believe – that that is also the same day as the – that's exactly why. Florida and South Carolina are playing basketball that day at 1 o'clock at Colonial Life Arena. Uh, so they have backed up the first pitch to 4 o'clock. Make a day. Make a day. Make a day. Old spring. It's also my kid's fifth birthday, so I probably will be making a day on television down here. Which stadium is hosting neutral site games? Steger, Steger Park in Columbia. Yeah, that's where it should be every year. Screw Greenville. It Don't used to be ah. spirit. <laughs> Check this out. So they built it on the side of the old insane asylum, right? Which is haunted. Oh, right. And yeah. it, it, it was, was called Spirit Austin, Spirit Communications Park the first couple of years. Yeah. Like, Ooh, that's yeah. scary. Yeah. But uh, it's, they've actually done a lot with that development. If you haven't, been I've done a great job. It's pretty cool. Done a great. Columbia has turned into an outstanding place. By the way, breaking news: Michi. Johnson, SEC Men's Basketball Player of the Week from for the Southeastern Sports. Way to go, Michi. That's uh, Clint. Love Floor Field. That's not a neutral site. Neither is Columbia. But you know what? The Gamecocks have earned it. They've got taken their asses up to Floor Field for too long. It's a neutral site in Columbia too. So that's how it's going to be. I'm making I'll a call on this. It's nice for me. All right, All right so I'm picking Michigan. Tonight? You got Michigan, Michigan. Phil? I'm going, I'm going Washington, but like JC says, it's all about scenarios. That's right. I'm with Michigan all the way to the end. Something crazy happens. Michael Penix, Washington wins the national championship. They boo Harbaugh out of town. He goes, signs a $100 million deal with the Chicago Bears and hates his life for the next five years. Bears. No, commander. 
man. Oh, he'll really, he'll really, oh, hate he'll really hate his life in Washington. Oh God, oh, Washington. New, ownership. new ownership, new blood. New, yeah, oh, on. that's right, Phil. We got to, we got to keep it alive, man. We got to keep yeah. it alive. Whatever you do, don't go to Charlotte. No, yeah, we we'll don't know. do that. <laughs> bad ownership, bad blood. The, wheel, the wheels yeah. are coming off there. Yeah. Ooh, wow, crazy. All right, uh, tomorrow, Hale McGranahan, Brad Crawford, Mike Morgan, a full boat around here. And so we will be jam packed. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll have Brad for an hour, right, Phil? Full hour. Full uh, hour. Yeah, yeah. Something his schedule continues it, to hold. He agreed to it be is, with it us. It is the, the Brad Crawford wrap of the, the it's gonna season. It's going to be good. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to put a boat on this season. Here. I think we got JC and Morgan in the morning, too. So full we boat. did. Yep. Tremendous stuff. For, thanks to uh, the great uh, John Whittle, and always special thanks to JC and Mad Dog, and all of you. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 11 right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network.